0: Hello, I'm Jim Cummings, the writer and director of The Wolf of Snow Hollow and The Beta Test, and you are listening to the Horror Squad Podcast.
1: Hello, welcome back to the Horror Squad Podcast, special episode number 200. Tonight we're talking about Steve and I's favorite horror movie Dawn of the Dead 1978 first time watch for Sam I'm super excited to see what she says, mm-hmm. however, if she doesn't like it I may cry and we got Joe rocking his cowboy hat still. Uh, Sam awesome Steve.
2: Thank you on the
1: dead. <laughs> That's it. What's up? I'm excited. And we have an interview with um, one of my favorite new directors, Joe.
3: Yeah, we do. Um, So, yeah, I had the pleasure of talking to Jim Jim Cummings, which is Todd's new boyfriend. Uh, You horror fans will know him best.
1: True. Unabashed, too. He's he's a great artist.
3: (laughs) Yes. And also... um, Handsome man, too. (laughs) Yes. We also interviewed PJ McCabe as well. Uh, They got a new movie coming out that they co-wrote and directed called The Beta Test, um, which Steve and I will talk about during our What Watch segment tonight. But uh, horror fans will know Jim Cummings best for The Wolf of Snow Hollow, which was um, a very popular, critically, and fan uh, movie from last year that was um, pretty beloved by most. Uh, and also, you'll know him best for Halloween Kills as uh, – a cop in the flashback scene that I don't want to give anything away, but he had a quite a prominent role in that. And we went into uh, detail about his role in Halloween kills. And we, we talked some Snow Hollow and we talked a lot of beta test and even uh some of the den because PJ McCabe uh start, was in the den for a small role. So for you uh found footage fans. Uh so yeah, actually it's I was talking to Sam about this and Steve actually um it was one of my favorite interviews I've ever conducted. Um, I conducted alone. Unfortunately, Steve couldn't make it, but uh, it was, man, they were just two very great guests. And uh, yeah, I I highly recommend people sticking around for this one. I think everyone will really enjoy this one.
4: Yeah. I I actually edited the the interview already. And I actually like told Joe that before he talked about it, I'm like, look, I'm not going to lie. This is probably one of our best interviews that we've done. Uh, they were just like really cool, really into it. Uh, you could just feel the energy, you know, some of them you can feel more than others. And this is a good one folks. So definitely yeah, stick to the end to listen to this one. You didn't ask my thunder road question. Did you?
1: I didn't. It was just, Son it was a bitch. It, 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 it just you didn't lose.
2: You lose Todd. He, d-
1: he did. It was two in the afternoon. It work.
2: Act like you're in the bathroom taking a big old dump.
3: <laughs> <laughs> there is a very brief mention of thunder road though. He does mention it.
1: Uh, i love that movie it's a great movie for all got, the non- i'm gonna have to
3: there. i'm gonna have to watch it now
1: i think you like it because he goes uh i mean one thing i've noticed from his movies is he does like the the guy on the edge of a meltdown character yeah. pretty well which i'm assuming mm-hmm. he does as a new one too and in thunder road he's a cop and his mom dies and he has like this meltdown in the church it's pretty good but cool actor and cool director man I'm excited for the to listen yeah
3: break out the lotion todd for this one then
1: Ooh. okay <laughs>
4: Yeah, and I'm just going to say last week, I think we teased that we might have like a 50-50 shot at an interview uh, specifically for this episode. Unfortunately, uh, the person is busy probably filming some stuff or doing conventions, but I think it will happen within, I'd say, the next month. So check it out. We got a really uh, special interview with uh, somebody that uh, you guys would recognize. Um, So... I don't want to say the name, you know, because these things do fall through. We have a question about that later, and I'll answer it honestly. But yeah, it's a, we got a good month. Let's just say a good month of interviews planned. So check it out. So what do you guys Happy up to?
2: Happy 200th episode, yeah, by two, the way, Two hundred.
4: It's so crazy. Like, Man, I feel like we did 100 not that long ago. I know. And it's just crazy to think that we're already at 200. So
3: it's pretty wild. It. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think... Um, like, when Todd and I started this, it, I never expected it to go this long. Honestly, like, when we first started to, like, we were pretty unorganized and chaotic. Like, we did not have a, any scheduling. Like, I remember that we would release, like, every month, like, once a month, or, like, once every two months. Like, it was just, like, all over the place, and uh, I'm just so glad that we were able to I mean, and our audio, obviously, like, which I mean, listen back to like episodes like 76 until like some of us got new mics. And it was just like I listen back now and I kind of cringe. I'm like, oh, my God, our, we sounded terrible. Um, but, yeah, I'm just so thankful that we were able to kind of right the ship. And uh, I mean, I, I think, you know, the listeners seem to be really enjoying it. And, uh, yeah, I'm just I'm happy with where we're at right now.
1: Yeah, as much fun as those early episodes were, I'm glad they don't exist. Because they were pretty rough for all the reasons you mentioned, plus others. Um, how many episodes have we done as the Horse Squad now? Is it a hundred? A uh,
4: hundred and, like, 10-ish. Like, 109. Still, that's, yeah. that's
1: still a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's crazy. It's awesome. Yeah,
4: good well, job, everyone. Happy <laughs> uh, 200th. I'm sure we'll, there will be plenty, plenty more of these where they Should've came from. I made a cake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, But, oh, actually, there is one thing that we will do. Um, We will have a hangout. Uh, It won't be like broadcast or anything, but we will do a hangout on Saturday, which is the day after this episode is released. Uh, To be part of the hangout, you have to be part of the Discord. So just shoot us a message uh, to be part of the Discord. You know, there's no charge or anything. It's just like a free chat group kind of thing. And I'll post the Zoom link in there. uh, And we'll just, you know, chat with uh, the listeners and stuff. I'm actually going to put them at bat for once. Uh, you know a lot of people like have told me oh trivia i'm so good at it it's easy when you listen to it right Uh, i know that as as a listener odd but when you're like really like at you know under the gun and have to do it like on air it's it's a lot tougher than it seems so i'm gonna have some trivia questions ready and i'll test the listeners a little bit
2: so you guys better make sure that wi-fi is working
4: (laughs) (laughs) unmuted right
2: yep better get that keyboard <laughs> dusted off ready to type fast
4: Yeah,
1: <laughs> i'm actually excited for you to run trivia with them
4: that's pretty good
1: yeah it's i to step something. up
4: right just something fun to do you know <laughs> <laughs> i mean i don't expect anything it's just fun yeah uh
3: before we get to questions i just wanted to do a quick little rundown um of rhode island oh, comic-con yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, so uh, a big thanks to Rhode Island Comic Con. They were very nice, about, not nice enough to give us a couple of um, press passes to the event, so shout out to them. Uh, but yeah, so I made the trek down to Providence, Rhode Island, which is about an hour from here, although it took me about two hours of traffic. Fun, fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, man, I, I went about three or four years ago, and uh, it was like a disaster, honestly. Like... Uh, mainly because of the guest list i think this they time had... or three four years ago no no like three three no like three four years ago like it was the amount of people uh it was just like insanity and um like it, like you couldn't even move in there and uh kudos to them like they really like listened to people and righted the ship because this year like ran like so smooth like they finally like you know the big problem three, four years ago was they had like this bridge and they only allowed it to be like one-way flow and it created a a complete shit show where like if you wanted to leave, like you had to like leave and go outside to come back in and shit. It was like, it was so dumb, but they listened to the, fans and stuff and they they righted that ship so thank god so kudos to them for actually listening to people um you know because most cons and stuff don't do that they just are like "Eh, whatever we're gonna do it our way and screw you guys but um you can tell that they like really listen uh to to their fans and stuff so kudos to them but overall i mean this is like one of my favorite cons i've attended non-horror wise like i've attended some comic cons um but man they 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 know what they're doing there. Like it is, first of all, it's like massive. It is the biggest convention I've ever attended from what I talked to some people. And from what I heard, like it's basically like the third biggest in the country after, uh after uh, San Diego comic-con and New York comic-con. I don't know how accurate that is. That's just from what, from people I heard, I heard talking about it, but man, it, I believe it. Cause like they take up an entire, um, the Dunkin Donut Center which is like a big hockey ar- hockey arena and then they also occupy a-, a convention center next door so I mean there are like hundreds upon hundreds of vendors um, and they have like a really good um, like flow of like different things like you know if you're a horror fan there's something for you there if you're an anime fan there's something for you there if you're you know a Marvel fan there's something there for you so like they really have something for everyone and it shows in the guest list too obviously because like They had a a good amount of horror guests. Um, I met James Jude Courtney, of course, who played uh, Michael Myers in Halloween Kills in Halloween 2018, who was awesome. Like he was just so nice, Um, super cool dude. Um, You know, they had Tony Todd there. They had uh, Matthew Lillard. They had Skeet Ulrich. They had uh, Roger Jackson, who I met. I never had the chance to meet him before, so I was pretty excited to meet him. Uh, he was really cool. He did the Ghostface voice um, for me, which was pretty cool to hear in person. Um, yeah, and they had some other hard guests. And then, like, you know, the big draw was uh, Kevin Smith was there um, with uh, Jason Mewes, too. So they had, like, a big Jay and Silent Bob thing, which, you know, his line was obviously massive. So I I was talking to Sam. I, kinda, I was like, is it worth, like, 100 bucks to go get a tusk poster signed, but we both kind of yes. were like, eh. uh. <laughs> I know, I, I, pro- <laughs> I probably should have, but I would have been in line all day for him anyway. But, um, like I said, it's a great con, and I'm not just saying that because they gave us passes or anything, I would go and pay to go back like it's really well done the amount of vendors was quite impressive and i, I had a great time and i was by myself and i met a fellow listener uh, missy who a lot of you people know over on the discord uh was super awesome to uh run into her and chat with her for a little bit so that was great so yeah thank you to rhode island comic con um and we hope to be back next year
4: that's awesome uh i miss cons man like <laughs> I'm just jonesing for one. All right. You guys ready for some questions? Will they open the border. come on now. Yeah. Actually, they opened it today. Um, so I'll be able to start going to stuff soon enough. As soon as they take out one crazy requirement, uh, which I think will happen soon enough, uh, it'll be free to go.
2: What's that one?
4: Uh, if to come back to Canada, I have to take a PCR uh, COVID test, which is like $250. <laughs> Person, Uh, yeah, that's uh, as as opposed to that, yeah, as opposed to that. Well, it's actually to be your tax money, so no, (laughs) (laughs) because trying to get more money, we'd have to take it in the US, right? (laughs) Um, yeah, anyway, so once they take out that requirement and it's just like vaccination proof, I think I'll definitely make a trip down there. Uh, all right, so you can ask us uh, questions on social media at the Horse squad Podcast or on our Discord, like I said a great group of people in there cannot wait to uh, talk to them and have a fun just chill night celebrating 200 episodes because when it really comes down to it uh, 200 episodes you know of course we're talking about how proud we are and everything but it really comes down to how awesome our listeners are because we definitely would not do it if it wasn't for all the great support that everyone has you know they spend two plus hours a, a week every week listening to us and we really 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 appreciate it so can't wait to talk to them so first uh, question is from Weezerface. She says, if you could have a celebrity guest join you for the whole episode, who would you want? And whose team would they be on for trivia?
1: Devin Sawa on Sam's team in person. <laughs> oh. There you go.
2: Yeah, I'll go with Devin Sawa. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, who do I want?
1: Ooh, How about we pick someone that would be on our team only and think about like who could help you the most? I'm going Rob Zombie on my team because he's a huge horror fan. Mm-hmm. And Robbie. Oh, I like that. That's a good one.
2: I'm doing Eli Roth because
1: obviously. Also good one, dang. It's a great one.
3: I'll go. That's well, the for only go-
2: way I would ever win.
3: If, if we're going with people with horror knowledge, I'll go with Guillermo del Toro.
1: Also, dang. We'd just be in the corner not even talking. Not even. I, mm-hmm. I haven't an answered. Shut up. Right. <laughs> yeah.
4: Um, I'm gonna bring in a ringer and uh, pick Joe Bob Briggs
2: oh yeah yeah
4: yeah that guy's like a professor too like he's a smart dude yeah smart dude knows a lot about horror i mean he's a great guy so
3: and all four would be great interviews too
4: yeah absolutely <laughs> for sure uh but i think it would be a different like it's, it's like who do you want in the podcast as an interview versus who you'd want for the episode whole episode, episode yeah some, like some people i think would be a great interview but i don't know if they would join in the hijinks you know of the episode right. go, like so yeah uh, but those are all the think- great answers
3: I think the funnest person to have on for an entire episode, just like off the top of my head, I really think Tarantino would be great. And I think he would like join in like in the
4: conversation. And he's a big horror fan. Yeah, he's crazy. Like I've ever seen um, him do where they blindfold him and they take out a random like 80s VHS tape and read the back and he knows exactly what it is.
2: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome.
4: And these are like, I'm not talking like big tiles. I'm talking Super fucking obscure <laughs> titles and shit. So, now yeah, the guy is crazy. Well, he definitely win taglines, though. Well, yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. Next uh, series of questions from horror fan Ryan. What movie do you think has the best zombie effects? Ooh, that's one. That is tough one. Um, Are we going with like
3: best like looking zombies?
1: Ooh, best looking zombies. I yeah. think so. Ooh.
4: Okay. For me, it would actually be Night of Living Dead remake. I really like the way the zombies are in that one. And if you listen to the commentary, Tom Savini made sure to say, okay, this is a zombie. This is how he died. This is how we're going to, you know, do the makeup on him. And he went around that. Like you even have the guy who's in the coffin, you know, because it's his funeral and he's like, he's got like kind of the the full suit, but it's ripped up in the back, like a real person in the coffin would. And, you know, it come, comes off and you can see his sutures from, his autopsy and shit. Like, I it's I love... too. Yeah, I love the attention to detail. But I do want to give a shout-out, because I know it's not a movie, but I think the best zombies anywhere is The Walking Dead. Uh, you know, fucking 11 seasons in, and Greg Nicotero does such an incredible job of keeping the zombies fresh and using, like, the environment around them, which would make sense for a zombie. Like, you saw charred zombies and waterlogged zombies and zombies that were, like, in a forest, so they have, like, growth on them. It's just incredible work because i think the walking dead has the best zombies of all but for a movie i'd say living dead remake
3: yeah i agree with you steve i was gonna say i was gonna say say what you will about the show but the walking dead zombies look amazing like absolutely top-notch stuff uh you know return of living dead comes to mind i, I love like a lot of the zombie makeup in that movie
1: oh day of the dead. Um... They're just great, man. And, uh, you know, and the whole mind setting is awesome. And especially some like the best stuff with uh, Dr. Frankenstein down there in his lab when they're just like on gurneys and rolling over and their stomachs are falling out. That's always super cool. And then Bub, of course.
2: Um, I definitely agree about The Walking Dead. And sorry to say, but sometimes the zombies just kind of all like mesh in my head, but I'm going to go train to Busan just because that's like the only time I was afraid of zombies.
4: Yeah, they were crazy. Like, yeah, yeah, it definitely good effects there. Uh, his next question What is your favorite style zombie, the slow moving or fast moving zombies? <sighs> slow.
2: If I was in the scenario, so slow, but I like to see the fast ones.
3: I've always been a purist with the slow movers, but the older I've gotten, I've come to appreciate the fast zombies a lot more. Um, so, yes, yeah, so I don't know, I'm kind of split on it.
4: Yeah, I, I agree they're great films on both ends, but to me, uh, I, I love the slow zombie. I, I like the idea that you can take him on if there are a few of them, but it's the overwhelming like number of them that is their true danger and stuff. So uh, mm-hmm. I prefer the slow zombies. There's really no way to get away from a fast zombie unless you're no. an Olympic
1: athlete.
2: You can take the slower zombies in more like how you guys talked about um, the guy who was it that you said, um, does like a backstory on them. Like you get to know them as characters on their own instead of just like a massive wave of dead humans wanting to eat your brains.
4: Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, you know, like they say in Zombieland, rule number one is cardio. So that's, uh, <laughs> that's what you need. Um, his next question is brains or no brains? Not
1: that they only eat brains. Let's eat everything. So I'm all on the table kind of guy.
4: Agreed yeah
2: yeah it's, i agree
4: I, I agree and it's funny I, I i forget which one i watch a lot of them but i watched a zombie movie lately where shooting him in the head didn't kill them and it like bothered me it's like it's <laughs> it's such a like a an important rule to the zombie genre to me that it was like what the fuck <laughs> like what like i didn't understand that's like that but not yeah not all the zombie films do that it's just it's almost like an accepted kind of rule you know so it is like off-putting to me that that wasn't how you killed them well return you have to burn them Mm
1: -hmm. Um, yeah there's one called a gang of the living dead or something like that where they yeah they were just shooting them like they didn't even have any rules shot them in the arm and they would die like you gotta be at least consistent a little bit
4: right no exactly and he finishes up with congratulations on 200 here's to 2,000 more Good word, i didn't want to do the math on that <laughs>
2: yeah Two thousand more oh my gosh welcome back to episode uh heck yeah i'll talk about going through menopause on here that's <laughs> true true life horror right there ladies am i right
1: thanks to this movie i finally got my
2: first boner in three years <laughs> <laughs>
3: And now, a word from our sponsor, Deadly right. Depends. Oh, no,
2: <laughs> 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 Deadly <Definitely> Depends. <laughs>
4: uh, next series of questions are from Truck, Captain Amazing 85. Now that we've reached 200, other than Joe's mom episode, which I think will hold the title for a long time, what's your favorite episode? That's
1: a tough um, one.
5: Yeah. Uh,
4: the, I like our end of the
1: year episodes and our, 20s, like our 2010 to 2021, things like that, where we do the decades. Mm hmm. So I'll just say our last decade episode, which I don't remember at this point.
4: Nineties. Nineties. was the last one. Yeah. One. Yeah. Eighties would be tough. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, I agree. Those are all my favorites. Like the ninety, the the nineties perspectives, and then our year enders. Um, and I also liked. I really liked our Romero retrospective, which obviously, like we're talking Romero. That was just me and you on that one. <laughs> was it? Yeah. It was we weren't. Media. Were we not the horror squad yet? When no, we, did that? we only did uh, one retrospective, and uh, it was
1: uh, Stuart Gordon.
3: Stuart Gordon, okay.
1: Well, never mind. Yeah, we, we've been pushing back West Cravens for like, <laughs> yeah, two probably years get to with like the up. whole episode.
3: Yeah. yeah, we probably should. Well, we should like pick a date that way we can start watching because I have a lot of Craven I got to catch up on. There's a lot of Craven I haven't seen actually.
4: Maybe like March, like between the year end episode and the 80s episode. So we'll have like. Mm-hmm.
3: Is our mirror episode on? Like, is it? No, it's gone. No, it's so it's gone to space and <laughs> time. <show>. It's gone <laughs> to space. Well, that was I a watched, great episode. <laughs> so. I watched all of oh, the- Like re-recorded,
2: series. if you wanted
1: to. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That'd we be could. something we should probably do.
2: Yeah, it
3: was fun. Um, but yeah, like yeah, year-enders and uh, like best of decades are my favorite too.
2: Um, I'd say anytime time my movie choice wins. Just joking. I like the Ooh. themed ones. So next too. week.
4: Yeah. So yeah, we we also
2: I have to say I think my movie actually won because Steve cut it off and I saw people still out there voting.
4: Well, I I said I said Friday morning, and it was okay. But
2: there's a there's a window in Friday morning. Yeah, I know. But
4: like I can't go it on forever. I know. I'm
2: just teasing. Uh,
4: But yeah, it's it's interesting. I didn't I didn't mention it, but so what we did this week for 200 is we let the audience, uh, the listeners pick. So they threw out recommendations. We each picked one and then we let them vote on which one it was. And I gotta say, this was like by far the tightest vote we've ever had. Uh, usually there's like one or two that do well and the, the other two like really don't. But this time all four movies did really well. Uh, and actually it ended in a tie for uh, first place. So Dawn of the Dead tied Joyride and Exorcist came super close. Like it did a last minute push during the night uh, that it was only like two or three votes behind so uh we decided to yeah. do dawn for this episode because it's like a bigger title and it means more to the show because it's me and todd's favorite but uh we're gonna do joyride next week because it tied so we want to give love to both so should be fun
1: and and we're doing the exorcist for a book club
4: that's right oh is that so, official that'd now? be fun
1: that's official oh, cool. yeah. which i never read it so i'm curious to see like how faithful the uh, adaptation is for the film is that going
2: to be the last book of the year
1: yeah, it's super hard right now with all the holidays and everybody's schedules, things like mm-hmm. that. So probably, I would probably guess, yeah.
3: Right, 100% guarantee. I will read this one. I'm, gonna, I have to. I've, I've heard never, that before. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Join Joe, in. you have to. I have to. I will. No, I 100% will for this one.
4: Yeah, that, that's the book that made my mom afraid of horror. <laughs> so Ooh. she refuses to watch horror to this day because she read that book in like the 70s.
2: You know, I don't think I knew that it was a book.
4: Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, it's apparently a really good book, too. So as far as the question for the episodes, yeah, I mean, for sure, my favorites are the decade ones and the uh, year-end ones. Um, in fact, I'm really working hard for the year-end this year. Uh, I, I I, am at 74 2021 horror movies, and I decided that I'm going to make the push and hit 100 um, just to have the biggest, like... It's funny. I'm, I'm going to probably be at the most movies and I have like the weakest list I've ever had. So go wow. figure. Outside of that, I've been really enjoying the remake, like original episodes that we started doing fairly recently, especially when the original is like older. Um, like when you did House, uh, House of Wax, that was really cool. Um, then we did uh, House on Haunted Hill. That was freaking awesome. So I'm looking forward to doing more stuff like that, you know? So that's mm-hmm. that's awesome.
3: Yeah, I've seen a lot of people pushing for 13 ghosts. So maybe that'd be the next one we can do.
4: Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so those are. And also I love when we do an, a sh- like a movie that I wouldn't necessarily have watched otherwise. You know, just uh, like Rocky Horror. Even though I'd seen it a long time ago, I was never really motivated to watch it again. And I'm not going to lie. I've been like really listening to that, those songs ever since that episode. Like it's They're
2: just- They're good. It's, it's
4: like sticking with me, you know? So I love episodes like that. Uh, next question What episode is your least favorite?
3: Now that's a good question. (laughs) I
4: have to look at the Um, show list,
3: I have to look. I remember so it actually, and actually, no, I think this was the last episode before um things changed. I believe it was episode 76. We did uh Godzilla King of Monsters, yeah, that's right, and I remember. Ending that episode, saying to myself, that's like one of the worst episodes we've ever done. And I don't know why at the time, but I was just like, that was a bad episode. And I remember- Was it just you had... on
1: that or everybody else too?
3: No, no, it was the full when we were three guys. Um, and I remember we had a con that weekend. Um, we went to ScareCon and I remember uh, I met a fellow podcaster and I I specifically remember telling him, I was like, yeah, we get a podcast. I was like, just don't listen to this last episode because it was really fucking shitty. I was like, and I don't want you to base it off of that. Um, so that one immediately comes to mind. But um, someone else go. I'm I'm gonna try to run through our list and see if I can figure out one like while we've been in the horror squad.
1: I'm looking at them. I mean, I there's movies I don't like, but not necessarily don't like the episode. Because mm-hmm. even, you know, with Halloween, me not liking it, it was still a really good discussion. Um yeah, I
4: can't think of something. It's a tough question, you know. Um I, I always go back to this one. Uh it's chapter two, which was in yeah. 90, ninety somewhere. But that's because we're trying out something new, uh, yeah. where we want to like talk the movie point by point, but then we had interesting things to say, but we'd stop it ourselves we're like oh no we'll talk about that later in the episode and it just killed the flow completely of that review and it kind of sucks because it was such a like important movie (laughs) to completely like just botch that review but that's just one of those learning you know
6: yeah uh,
4: experiences really there's other than that I don't think we have like bad episodes you know nothing that I'm ashamed to put out uh Mm -hmm. you know of course once in a while I'll be editing and I'll be like okay this one is not as high energy as it, it could be, or maybe I was expecting something different. Sometimes I get to the review and I just don't know what to say. You know, it's no. just, it, it was a good movie. I just don't know what to say about it. You know, there's not yeah. much, I don't have much to say. And sometimes I'm fucking fired up, you know? Uh, yep. But I think that's the great thing about being four people is that some episodes, like I won't have much to say, but Todd's going to be fired up. And the other episodes, Sam's fired up and Jim Joe's fired up. And it's just, there's always one of us is usually really excited about it or really hating on the episode <laughs> and that kind of keeps it interesting all the time to me. I can't take it. Back.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean that honestly that it one is a really good example. And mm-hmm. that, yeah. And I think we definitely learned. And yeah, since then I, I there's nothing really that comes to mind. I mean I I've enjoyed everything we've done, like episode wise.
2: I wouldn't say there's like one specific one, but um <laughs> I know that we planned on doing it. Doing this kind of format coming up soon, I think, but it's not my favorite. Like, I don't remember what we did it on, where we do, we like do a rundown of the whole season of a show that we watched. Mm-hmm. What did we do that on? Oh,
1: uh, as X- say, X- I really X- like that. X-
2: I, I don't. I things. just, I kind of wish that we could do it each week, where it's like a segment, and we just talk about that episode. Because I know, maybe idea. just me personally, like I just. I, I don't know I'm like well would someone listen to it after the season's already done with and do you want like I just my brain can't remember everything that I remember like with the Chucky season that's what we were thinking of doing it on next like I fucking love that show and I could like talk about it so much each week but I know when we do the full episode that I'm just gonna be like yeah that was fun like I'm just gonna forget like little bits and pieces of it but that's like if I'm nitpicking
1: that's a really good point actually because I'm I'm the same way like we watched um uh, squid game for the podcast and like I watched it and then in three weeks before we (laughs) reviewed it I'm like I don't remember a lot of like the cool stuff in the moment you know yeah you're just yeah. not like notes, hyped yeah. about it exactly mm-hmm.
2: like as a whole even though you loved it or maybe you mm. didn't but yeah it does a, make it more difficult That's a good so idea. so every though, time yeah. we've talked about that's what i think in my head i've always wanted to say something but it's
1: a good idea just
2: i, I mean that. but i'll do whatever i'm a team player just saying
4: awesome uh all right so his next question piggybacking off weezer question what celebrity would you not want to take on in horror trivia I think all, all four people we mentioned. Yeah, yeah,
3: very
4: tough. <laughs> I but
3: I guess number one, I, I'm going to go Eli Roth just because I feel like he's got quite a vast knowledge.
2: I feel like he's heard so many stories too and experiences right. with, especially with his show now. Yep. That it's like his brain just soaks not only his stuff, but other people's.
6: Mm-hmm. That's
2: Wasn't there someone that... I don't know I feel like there's sometimes I catch people who are like horror actors and directors and stuff and I'm like fake fan like, <laughs> not to like shit on Elvira because I love her but I feel like she she had misquoted a movie from um Vincent Price do you remember that Joe like I can't I remember you saying was. that were like, that's yeah. not what the movie's called <laughs> yeah but I'm forgetful with stuff like that too so
4: it's tough on the I mean, spot sometimes, you know. Like, it
2: is, yeah. Uh,
4: like I've seen Elvira interviews where she's pulling out like obscure ass movies, so mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure she knows a lot. But there are definitely some horror um, actors that, even some we've interviewed, I won't name them. But when you interview them, you're like, oh, what's your favorite horror? We're like, oh, I don't really watch horror. <laughs> you know, great. So yeah. you know, it's just the way it is. Um, you know, yeah, you don't they're have actors to be at the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. It's their job, right? It's not. I don't you know, think Bruce
1: Campbell likes horror.
4: He no i think he just uh, has to do it because that's he does. all that he gets
1: yeah. yeah yeah whatever pays the bills
2: which is fine i mean at least you're being honest about it right i guess or maybe he's not and i don't know
1: and jamie yeah jamie lee we all know she doesn't like it i think
2: she's like learned to embrace it but
1: embrace that paycheck
4: exactly <laughs> yep absolutely um all right and his last question samarella what is our 200th episode food pairing Uh
2: nachos, because that's what I had right before we recorded.
4: Were they Pringles with American cheese? Steve, don't (laughs) fucking
2: start with me. Steve is trying to start a fight, everyone listening.
4: (laughs) They they have no idea what the hell we're talking about. So I'll just yeah, go ahead. Give him Okay.
2: So the other day, Joe and I we made breakfast and I made biscuits and gravy, and then I also did like a few French fries. And so I was joking. And I was like, I'm gonna send a picture of my fry with my weight breakfast gravy to Steve and be like, is this um poo poon? Is it poontine? Yeah, is no, this it's
4: not poon it's
2: a. oh just, it's not what's poontine? Is that vagina?
6: Yeah
2: it's poutine. Poutine, oh, okay. Well, does everyone else know that? Um okay, so I sent him a photo and I was like, Steve, I was like, this is pretty much poutine, right? And he's like, "Uh, no. I'm like, yes, it is. It's a fry and a gravy. Just joking. So then Steve comes back to me with an example. And he said, you can tell them your nacho reference.
4: Yeah. So I told him, uh, if you take Pringles, (laughs) put slices of American cheese on it and sprinkle a little bit of beef, are those considered nachos? (laughs) And I said,
2: all right, I get the point. Right, exactly. Like
4: poutine. (laughs) Because they're not is a very specific combo of things. You know, it's uh, fries, cheese curds, and um, brown gravy. Like, that's poutine. That's all this. You yeah. know, so uh, if it's not those three ingredients, it's just not poutine.
2: Are the cheese curds melted, or is it, like, cold?
4: Cheese curds? Uh, so you put them on cold, and the gravy usually melts it. Um, Can it
2: be any cheese, like American, or is it cheddar?
4: No, it, it, no it's a specific type of cheese i forget the exact cheese but you know because when you put it in your mouth like cold it like squeaks in your teeth uh, i'll take yeah it's it's like oh. a really specific like type of cheese that you need to do with so which mm-hmm. you call them cheese curds here so i'm not sure right
2: interesting
4: mm-hmm. that is interesting yeah but All anyway right. it is what I, I had poutine today because of that like i went to costco <laughs> and i'm like i gotta have a poutine just for the 200th episode oh, i love it <laughs> nice crap yeah. I tell my mom I ate vegetarian today. <laughs> hey. <laughs> yeah. Not wrong. No, vegan. No, not vegan. No, no, vegetarian because it's cheese. So
6: mm-hmm.
4: all right. Next question from uh odd job versus 007. Looking back, what are some things you guys wish you could have done differently?
3: Uh, oh, wow. Nothing
4: well from the current age, personally.
3: Uh I wish we probably write it our audio quicker probably from the beginning but i mean we writed that ship finally and also joe getting a new laptop which will be within the next week because black friday is coming so he's
1: doing it people
3: <laughs> so Just i mean that it. really i don't think that really affects the quality of the show uh, on a listener end but it affects you guys so
4: well <laughs> so yeah
2: I mean, does the quality sound okay though? Because I don't, li- I can't listen to the episodes. I can't oh, hear myself talk.
4: It's, yeah, it's fine. It, like, like you said, it's not the quality that's a problem, it's that suddenly Joe will like disappear from the episode and yeah. we got to wait and stuff like that. But listeners don't know that because I edit that out. And <laughs> sometimes I'm like really proud of my editing. Like there was something last week where I cut together a sentence that was really three minutes but only came oh, out as 20 seconds <laughs> but it's okay. like cut into four pieces but it sounds just like one flowing
2: was it you know, joe's sentence or mine
4: uh it's yours it's one of yours damn actually. Yeah. i told
2: you like bitch just shut the fuck up I
4: talk <laughs> no, too much no it's because you said something that i felt maybe shouldn't be in the episode i always look out for you guys like when i hear Good something work
2: sometimes i always <laughs> wonder like i'll go <laughs> I just lay in bed and I'm like, was I too bitchy? Was I like too bitchy towards Joe or towards Todd? Like, does Steve know that I appreciate him enough? Like, did I say something that someone's going to be mad about?
4: You worry too much. I know. Yeah, it's, no, nice. it, it, it's pretty rare. I do it on this show. Can it's I good. make
1: a suggestion about the food pairing?
4: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah. We're,
2: in
1: a, yeah. we're in the mall, hot dog on a stick. Love it. Oh,
2: hell yeah, Todd.
1: I haven't Love had hot forever, a hot dog on a stick
4: in front of Hot dog on a stick
2: with crinkle fries. Okay, one like, second. What, mall...
4: uh, what the hell is hot dog on a stick? Corn, it's a corn dog. <laughs> corn dog. Oh my God. Okay. okay. <laughs> but, okay. But I've never heard I, We call them pogos here. Um, Pog- oh, I no. like pogos. that better. Yeah.
1: It's just uh, the franchise called hot dog on okay. a okay. stick. all right. <laughs> I, I thought dog, it was some crazy crinkle fucking fries, shit. Lemonade. Lemonade. Hell yeah.
3: Or like, uh, what's the, the ultimate mall food to me is like a pretzel, cause like every fucking Cinnabon. mall has this pretzel stands, yeah, or yeah. a Cinnabon, yeah.
1: Cinnabon and then like the pretzels with the uh, powdered sugar and stuff on them. Those are excellent. Yeah, oh,
2: yeah. Yes. What about like, did you guys ever have like, what was it called? I think it's Jamba Juice now, but it was called something else like in the '90s, and everyone uh, thought you were being so healthy, but it's it just like <laughs>
3: like a smoothie
4: place,
2: something like that. Yeah. So here they call it,
4: in in it my... Booster Juice here in Canada, oh. yeah, which is probably the same the equivalent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. every mall has a chinese food
3: restaurant like place too like in the, in the <laughs> mall food court. chinese
2: food is good
3: <laughs> yeah. it is, yeah. it is
6: oh,
1: yeah. i would no i would disagree
2: <laughs> i mean it does depend because there's a mall a in the next town over that had. it's i don't know it might be um what's the raw sea- uh, seafood it's like a seafood place and i'm like nope and like it's there's not even a food court like i'm like what are you doing here <laughs>
3: Yeah, Like we, would, what is one of the, the mall? Me and Sam go to has a sushi place, and I was like, man, if you're getting sushi in a mall food court, oof, <laughs> it's
1: just one step up from the gas station
2: sushi. Right. <laughs> oh shit! Is there a gas station sushi? Oh,
3: I've is.
6: seen it. Yeah,
2: I've seen oh, wow. it. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> All right.
4: Um. So the question was, what do you guys uh, wish you could have done differently on the show? Oh.
1: Um,
4: yeah. um... <laughs>
1: Uh, I wish I could do some interviews but we get more interviews because we schedule them on their time normal working business hours so usually just take them over
4: Yeah, between Joe and I we usually can cover it so because we we work on different shifts so (laughs) Mm -hmm. So, it's perfect Uh, for me it's exactly what Joe said I wish we uh, ditched uh, Skype I wish we ditched Skype Skype. a lot sooner and went on something else uh, because the sound is so much better on Zoom which is what we record on now and yeah, buying a mic, like it wasn't even that expensive. And it made such a fucking huge difference mm-hmm. in the sound. Like it's incredible how much better we sound uh, since we got mics. So mm-hmm. those are the two things. I just wish I didn't procrastinate on things like that. Yeah. Um, you know, like even like the Discord. I opened the Discord probably six months before we actually released it. You know, it's just, <laughs> just just out of pure, like I didn't feel like looking into it and see how it worked. Uh, just stuff like that. I, I wish I just did stuff quicker, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I watch. had
2: a soundboard that I can use.
3: <laughs> That'd be Maybe. fun. Yeah, a little like slide whistle,
2: mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> fart noises,
2: sound bites of like you guys that I would put in whenever I felt necessary. Oh, okay, you can
1: just you can just put in your whistle instead of actually whistling.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, next question: What things would you like to add to the show in the future? New segments or leave perfection alone? Nudity, for being honest, nudity,
2: nudity. <laughs> Who said say perfection, it. that's so sweet.
4: That's Cody. Cody yeah, the nudity. Handsome man
2: Let's go, Steve, Todd, and Joe.
1: Nudity shirts off, boys. I want but Joe only that's... in the cowboy hat. Mm-hmm.
3: <laughs> Naked cowboy. I like it. Naked does he still do stuff? I think he does.
1: He does. Yeah. Wow, it's like oh, <laughs> he's been wow. doing it for like 30 years now.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: Wow, good for him.
3: Well, Sam wants a soundboard, so we are got to make that happen. Apparently, mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: I think um, be fun. Yeah. Um, we actually, well, we, we there's talk about do, like doing a a segment or bringing back something, but you know, we'll we'll keep that quiet for now until we get confirmation.
4: Uh, on my end, I want to do more with the YouTube channel. Like, I think people forget we even have that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I just I'm like this like the lone person who like thinks about that damn channel and one idea i have and let's see what you guys think let me know you know in the discord or whatever what you guys think i was thinking of doing like a sideshow called the horror Horror squad podcast sideshow where we interview like people in the that do stuff in horror like authors uh makers you know people weren't necessarily like in the films and just do like quick interviews with them and just put them on youtube um because there are a lot of really interesting horror fans and people who do really cool things in horror but i just don't think works well for the like the main show so i was thinking of doing kind of a side show interview fit types thing on that because there are so many vendors i'd like to just have horror chats with and to promote and stuff like that so that's an idea i have for something i'd like to do maybe in 2022 so
1: my uh my real answer is that i I think we should, or I, I would like to figure out a new way to play games, like trivia, I, my favorite segment, but it would be cool to figure out a different way to do something along those lines, but I just don't know what, you know, because it's, yeah. we have to be visual, and we can only use audio pretty much. <laughs> right. So. Red light, challenge. green light? <laughs> light eh. But if any of <laughs> well, listeners could, have ideas.
2: That's when the soundboard comes into play. Like, <laughs> um, I play sound clips, and you guys guess that's what actually, movie yeah, it's from, like what, oh. what director's talking, what zombie fun, is going. <laughs>
4: That'd be fun. Yeah, That'd that right. be fun. Yeah, absolutely. So, things to, and please give us ideas if you have something in mind. Uh, you yeah. know, we're always open to listening to new things and at least trying them. They don't always work, but sometimes we'll try new things and see how it goes. Uh, next... Semi question (laughs) from our buddy Mondo from the Let's XP Gaming Geek and Gaming podcast. Happy 200th episode. I look forward to the possibility of also celebrating something this big someday. One, Joe, you're a handsome bastard. Two, Sam, I needed to make nachos during an episode. So, speaking of the YouTube channel, I just want you a horror (laughs) nachos episode. There you go. Uh, He says, Three, Steve, I need more stories. And four, Todd. I've got nothing.
1: I saw oh, that on, on Discord.
4: <laughs> I saw that.
1: Let um, my feelings get hurt this time, Mondo. Nice try.
2: I need Todd in a live stream. Can I get that for 2022,
1: Todd? We, we we got Todd in a live stream <laughs> last night. Yeah, time. Todd was on the last one. See?
2: Yeah, one out now of five hundred. Sam's, 500. To think about,
1: Sam's <laughs> gonna think about that tonight when she's laying in bed. Was uh, I? I just don't like, too live, I don't like live streams. Why? I don't know. It's just like I feel like you kind of have to perform, you know. Like with these, we can if it's wrong, we can backtrack and stuff like that.
6: Yeah, I, a, I
3: don't know.
1: There's the blue pill for that, Todd. So it's a blue pill for that. Oh. <laughs> no, I do Roman. It's in a. Discreet, Steve, discreet Steve black usually thing. Dri- will
2: drive the boat, so you just get to I like know. chill.
1: I know. Mm-hmm. I just don't like social stuff like that. I don't know. We won't put do. you in
2: a bad. We won't put you in a bad situation. All
1: right. Just Fast forward, that's you're just... like, take your dick out.
6: No, I Take <laughs> it out, I
4: I wouldn't put <laughs> you in a bad situation. <laughs> um, next, series of, <laughs> next series of questions is from our buddy, Eric. Congratulations on 200 episodes as the squad. I'm proud to be a day one listener and love you all. Yeah, he's been there. Like he's an OG. We we know him from our Love YouTube you, days. Eric. So uh, awesome he's guy. The best. Uh, what has been your favorite discussion on the pod so far? Not necessarily your favorite movie, but one that has sparked the best discussion around it. Yeah.
3: Hmm. I mean, we've done some great. Like any movie that usually has like s- s- any sort of social commentary, also, always makes for like. Really good discussions. Um, The last one, I think, that sparked that was... Well, St. Maud comes to mind, because I remember we had a pretty good discussion about that. But I feel like there was something else more recently that sparked something pretty good with us. Malignant, I thought, was actually a really great discussion, too. Uh, Seven. Seven was great, most recently.
1: Uh, I appreciated that I was allowed to not like Halloween kills, (laughs) because... You know, it's, when you don't agree with, like, the majority, like, sometimes you get shit on, and it's nice to be able to have a voice where it's not, like, you know, like, fuck you, you didn't like that movie, blah, blah, blah. That was good. Mm -hmm. So it's always nice to have, like, a, you can actually have your own opinion and not get shit on. So now you know, like, listeners, that we don't all agree on it just because we have to. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Um, my favorite discussion has been realizing that Jason was born in the 1400s.
4: <laughs> the <laughs> 40s. <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm like, yeah. For movies, it's definitely the ones. To me, it's the ones that uh, have like an open interpretation of what the movie is. You know, Vivarium, mm-hmm. the platform stuff like that. Yeah. But I do love when we go into these random discussions about things that have nothing to do with horror sometimes. Uh, like last week, we had you know a good five minutes about to catch a predator, uh, for yeah. for really no reason. You know, just <laughs> uh, we we enjoy it. Yeah, we just talked about it, and you guys were talking about doing your own to catch a predator like one night <laughs> <while you laughs> yeah. drunk. Just yeah. such random like stuff like that just makes me laugh when we go on these weird tangents that have really nothing to do with anything. It's just you know we're passionate about other things outside of horror, so it's fun to mm-hmm. once in a while kind of take the horror hat off, just talk something quickly. And then put it back on. You know, even Sam unfortunately wasn't on the episode, but when we talked about Tiger King, yeah, you know, as mm. fucked up of a situation that was, it was a fun discussion because it was such a crazy it was also a crazy time in our lives, you know. That was like right at the beginning of the pandemic and
2: mm-hmm.
6: everyone at
4: CN. So just stuff like that. I I really like when we go through small tangents that uh
2: hmm I do too and like the personal stories, the little side stories, because it's fun learning more about people.
4: Oh yeah, we, we learn all sorts of weird shit about each other. It's like- <laughs> stuff you would never know um is last question who's the biggest name that you've been close to landing an interview with it's got to be John Reese davis right Uh, Gimli yeah yeah probably I mean
3: I would think so uh we were very close to getting James Jude Courtney as well and then we got ghosted by his agent
4: or publicist whoever it was
3: um so yeah they're the two biggest ones that I can think of anyway
4: yeah, like we've reached out to people who either yeah. flat out said no, or just never answered. But mm-hmm. that came like semi close to happening. Uh, yeah, like Johnny e. Savies was actually really close. The reason yeah. that we couldn't get him is that it was early in the pandemic. And so he couldn't have like his publicist or his agent with him. And he didn't know how to work Zoom. Yeah. So <laughs> that was really oh. the only reason that we couldn't get him is because he didn't know how to work Zoom by his, on his own uh yeah you know i get it you know technology is like <laughs> he's not the youngest guy so uh it's too bad you know it would have been a cool that would have been for grizzly too the first episode of this year yeah uh but you know that's things like that happen that's why we don't like to name the people until they're done like in in the can done because things just happen you know that are out of our control
3: mm-hmm. yeah yeah we like reached out for kane hotter and like his agent
4: was just like no <laughs> all right, bye." <laughs> Yeah, some, some agents put some these weird, like, things that you have to meet to get an interview with people. Yeah. Uh, like, you need 5,000 Instagram followers right. to be able to interview with us. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. That's like saying, hey, uh, what restaurant do you recommend? Well, not that one. They don't have a big Instagram following. Like, it makes no <laughs> sense. Like, they should check our, you know, podcasting numbers, not the fucking Instagram. It's yeah, anyway, by yeah. bots at that point. Exactly. Yeah, exa- no, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah it's ridiculous but anyway that's it is what it is that's the way the cookie yeah it's like
3: you see like it's like that's like a perfect example like youtube and stuff like there are people who like like okay like i have five hundred thousand subscribers and then you look at their videos and they have like
1: 100
3: views and you're like okay they're all fucking robots so like you know it's not just about the amount of people it's actually who's listening but you know i digress
4: exactly uh but thank you everyone for the questions you know we really really appreciate when you send us questions every single week we could not do this segment without you so hats off to all of you really really appreciate it yes thank you and now thank you people you know it i know it we love it happens every single week (laughs) gotta have it we gotta have it (laughs) my coffee maker broke
3: you've heard it for 120
4: (laughs) episodes now (laughs) and we will see how the other three squad members how well they know our sponsor
1: They're so disgusting. All right. What watched? Yeah, let's do it. I'll lead it off. All right. So based on Joe and Sam's recommendation of old M night Shyamalans last week, they watched it. And so did I. Um, yeah, so the setup of this basically they're this family's on a vacation, they go to this private beach that they cannot get away from. If they try to go back the way they came, they their head starts fucking pounding and they pass out and they end up back on the beach. Uh, and then they realize that they're all aging incredibly fast. So like a day for them is their lifetime. Um, so um, I had a lot of issues with the acting with this one. Like it, I struggled with it, with liking it. And I think it has to do with mostly that, um, to backtrack a little bit, there's like a six-year-old person, like there's little kids, like little, little kids. And they keep getting older body-wise, but their, um, their mind stays the same. So I think that's where my problem came from because they were a six-year-old boy with the mind of a six year old, but then they're like having sex and stuff and they're like very like um, immature. So I think it was a creative choice for them to make them like that, like very naive, which naturally would be if you're a six year old and a six year old's body, you don't know what you're doing, all these hormones, shit like that. Um, But then like the the character reactions to some things were really rough too. Like the adults, um, there's this Asian fellow too, that like his acting was like pretty stiff. And in the beginning he's like, we should swim around the beach. And then thirty minutes later, he's like, "All right, I used to swim. I'm a swimmer on the beach." Like, well, why don't you fucking say you're just gonna do it thirty minutes ago, dumbass? Be- before you age twenty years. So, like, some little stuff like that. Um, I didn't see the twist coming, and it was pretty nice. Uh, it kind of takes a little bit away from it, but nothing like crazy. Not like the village crazy, where you're like, this movie now does not matter because of because of the twist. So, um, but I absolutely love the premise and the setup and the setting. Just the acting was a little bit off for me, but it's a solid one-time watch. I don't think I'd watch it again, but definitely like not in my top 10, but nowhere near the bottom either. So that's old. I'm not Shyamalan, 2021.
2: Was it like, what were you expecting before Joe and I talked about it? Like, did you hear that people hated it too? And were you thinking you would hate it
1: before you watched it? I heard people hated it because of like really bad acting. Mm -hmm. but then when i saw i'm like oh it it makes sense because they're kids in adult bodies so they kind of they're a little funky Mm -hmm. but yeah i just that's my number one complaint i kept hearing was the acting was terrible so i was like i'm gonna put this off but then you guys watched it i'm like okay so Mm -hmm. it was definitely like a slightly higher than average for me okay like a six and a half
3: Mm -hmm. all right uh steve you want to do beta test you want to you want to do that at the end
4: no no it's fine whatever
3: all right So Steve and I, for tonight's interview, make sure you stick around after the episode for it, um, watched The Beta Test, um, which is about this Hollywood agent, uh, he's kind of, like, a kind of a prick in a lot of this, in a sense, um, played by Jim Cummings. Uh, he receives a mysterious letter, uh, in the mail, um, that basically, like, from it gives him like an address, right, Steve? From what I remember, like a place to go. It's a hotel. Hotel. Yeah, a ho- yeah, a hotel. And he meets up and he has a sexual encounter with a complete stranger, um, and it's like a one night thing, and that's it. And he basically becomes like obsessed with this person. He wants to find out who this woman was, um, and it basically takes him down like this rabbit hole of craziness. Um, yeah. And I mean, I'll leave it at that. Cause you know, the movie just released. So, um, I, I don't know, unless you have more to
4: add to it, Steve. Uh, just, uh, he's, he's, they're blindfolded, both him That's and right. the, uh, yeah. the girl. That's why he doesn't know who he's sleeping with. So, right. they, so basically what it is, is that he filled, he got a card that said, what are your biggest fantasies? And he fills yeah. out like this card of like his fetishes. Like he particularly like face sitting, for example, um, <laughs> And he's filling out this card, like, I like girls to do this, I like dominant girls, I like, you know, so you fill out kind of your fetishes, and you send the card back, and they send you a hotel key, and you go in blindfolded, and they're blindfolded as well, cause I'm, and I'm assuming it's like matching them based off yep. their fetishes, and uh, he just becomes obsessed with this service, and eventually he wants to find out who that girl is and a uh, fucking crazy action <laughs> like adventure ensues as he tries to figure out a who that person is and b who's behind all this all like the service and stuff so it um, seems like it could be a real business model yeah 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 actually absolutely yeah it's uh like Ashley Madison type uh, type shit <laughs> um yeah I, I just gotta say I, I personally I, I liked it it was a really good movie um the uh, the star Young Jim Cummings fucking fantastic uh he really does a great job in this movie like he was both crazy but funny and his delivery was just really on point point. and I I had a really good time watching this uh, the only thing I will say as far as our audience is usually when we get these screeners I'm expecting it to be a horror film and I'm kind of waiting for the horror the whole time and it wasn't really horror uh it was more like um funny like a comedy thriller I would say more than anything uh, but still, definitely a solid film that I, I think you guys should check out because there's a lot of fun to be had in this. It's really interesting to see kind of as he goes down the rabbit hole of what the service is and his feelings and stuff. It's, uh, it's a good film. Mm-hmm.
3: Uh, yeah, so yeah, my, my only negative really too with Steve is that, you know, it it's not really a horror movie per se. I mean, it's, it's, it's a dark comedy. Like, so it definitely has some horror elements in, in there. Um, so my, my first... Um, encounter with Jim Cummins was the Wolf of Snow Hollow, and I, you know, I gotta go back and rewatch that now because, like, I just don't think I was ready for his comedy or I didn't know what to expect, uh, after with Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, so coming into this one, I knew what to expect, and if you're a Jim Cummings fan you are a hundred percent going to um, enjoy this one. And I really actually enjoyed this one and it makes me want to go back and watch. Cause I, you know, I was like, so, so on Wolf of Snow Hollow. Um, I think I would enjoy it more now, like kind of knowing his style. Um, but yeah, I mean, this one is, is a really fun ride. It gets, it's just like batshit crazy. There's, <laughs> I mean, the, the ending in, is in general is just, is fantastic. And, Um, There's a lot of great like social commentary in this one, um, you know, dealing with, you know, Hollywood and, you know, and a bunch which we go into in the interview, which Jim has a really great answer for, actually. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I I really enjoyed it and I I definitely recommend it, especially to you, Todd, being a Jim Cummins fan.
1: Yeah, for sure. Definitely going to watch as soon as possible.
3: Anything, sir?
2: Um, Were you going to talk about Squid Game?
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can talk about it now if you want.
2: Okay, is that okay, Steve and Todd?
1: Yep. Sure, me and Tim just covered it so we can jump in yep.
2: Um. So Joe and I just finished up Squid Game. I might call it Squid Games. Um, I feel like we're kind of behind, but I didn't realize, it seemed like it came out earlier than October, but I think it was just a few weeks ago. Um... All right, you can talk, Joe. <laughs>
3: So, uh, yeah. So Sam and I finally jumped on the squid game train, you know, we had heard everyone kind of talking about it. We were a little behind. So we, I mean, we binged it in two days. I think we just like started it the other day. Um, and yeah, I mean, if you don't know about what squid games about, basically it's about, um, like this group of like 400 plus people all get put into this crazy situation where in order to win money, they have to play essentially children's games, but what they come to find out is if you fail these games, you die. Um, Yeah, and I mean, that's like a very quick synopsis of it. I mean, it, there's a lot more involved, but uh yeah, I mean, overall, I really enjoyed this show like a lot. I mean, I had some issues with it. Um particularly I hated the VIP characters. For those of you who have seen it, I thought they were just
1: terrible absolutely. acting.
3: Yeah. So bad. I thought they were just... 69. <laughs> I, I thought they were just absolutely terrible in this and completely unnecessary and unneeded. I was telling Sam, I was like, just make them silent characters and you know, it's fine. Like it, um, but over everything else I, I loved about this show, I, um. The acting throughout is is fantastic, especially by our main character there., uh, all the games they play are great. And yeah, I mean, I was I mean, I was enthralled pretty much the whole time. I mean, I definitely did have some issues uh, other than the VIP characters. I did not like the side story with the cop. i I thought I found that was kind of boring for the most part. I understand why they did it, um, but I just, I was bored for the most part with that one, and I had some issues with with the ending. But overall, a great show, and I I definitely recommend it. I recommend
2: it. Mm -hmm. I recommend it as well. I thought the acting was really, really good. I liked the story writing. I agree with Joe that I did not like the VIP men that they tried to like bring into our world no one really cares about them um i was really sad with the marble game (laughs) i was so sad i cried a few times um the main character is like my absolute favorite he's such an amazing actor and he's so handsome um i the ending i'm not mad about um but yeah what did you guys think steve and todd uh we we
4: basically agree with all everything that you've said like that's pretty much a quick summary of the review we did on our podcast uh, mm-hmm. it's just like I personally really liked it uh I thought the first five episodes like took a long time like there's a point where they leave the games and that really kind of hit hurt hurt the flow of the series, in my opinion, but once they get back to it, it's pretty good. And the last like four episodes, I thought were really stellar, uh, especially episode six, the one with the marbles. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing I find that's amazing about the series, and you guys will start discovering this now, is that if you go and watch like things you missed in the show, uh, there are a lot of clues to what the ending is, to the twist oh. that are shown throughout the movie that you probably didn't notice. And it's cool because then you could go back and rewatch it and appreciate it on a whole other level. Um, and I like stuff like that where, you know, it's like, it kind of like, I guess, like Sixth Sense, right? You, there was clues to the end the whole time. You just didn't see it. So Can
2: you give us one clue?
4: Yeah. Um, spoiler alert for the ending because there are spoiler. clues to the end. But um, at one point, the cop character goes into like the archives and he opens the book of the different years. And he opens the book of that, like that year's Squid Game. And when he opens it, it's the first page is number two. There's no number one um, because number one was never actually part of the game. So he didn't count. Um, and another one was when the old man was doing uh, red light, green light, uh, when you saw the targeting you know, from the girl there, uh, he, he wasn't targeted. And the people mm. near him sometimes would move and they were shot shocked because he had like a, like a zone where if they're yeah. in that zone, they're not going to get shot because it's going to risk hurting him. So mm-hmm. just little like things so like that.
2: Do you think, cause Joe and I were talking, um, cause I was like, well, I don't think he was really like, he was playing the game, but I was like, well, maybe he really wasn't. Um, but then Joe was like, well, he would have died on the tug of war game if they didn't win. And I'm like, well, yes. he knew the strategy. Um, yeah, but then but there he, was also another thing where he could have actually died. And so I was like, oh, I, he, he couldn't.
4: He was actually not tied to the rope. Uh, so <gasps> when there's no locks on them, there's no locks. So when you when they fall to the ground after having won, uh, they pan the shot of everyone like tired Ooh. on the ground and his locks are already off. It's oh, my
2: God. I love it.
4: Yeah. So just things like that, that throughout the whole. Series that point to the end, which is really cool.
2: Wow. So, is there going to be another season?
4: The creator said he didn't have any plans for it, but right. I'm assuming
1: American Money. producers will want to.
3: So, but how do you feel about the ending? Because, like, really, if there's not a second season, like, it's like he's still like a shitty father because, like, he doesn't get on the plane to see his daughter maybe he's
2: addicted to the games now like he didn't really but that's
3: you're a selfish prick like shitty father I mean he's been like
2: that since day one we knew
3: (laughs) right but I I mean well you thought he was going to change his life and be better like getting on that plane I think the show should have ended with him getting on the plane and not giving a fuck about the squid game
2: well I get that but I mean you got to think like his kid was already in a good situation with the mom and her stepdad whereas at least he took care of his friend's mom and the girl's Brother, younger brother, right? Like he got yeah. them situated, so he's mm-hmm. not a terrible guy. I think. I think he just knew that his daughter was probably better off without him, right? Or uh-huh. maybe he's addicted to the games. He's addicted to get. I don't know. I don't
4: know. I, I thought of an idea for season two that I would do. Uh, I don't know. I don't think they'll do this, but uh, you know, he wants to go after the Squid Games, but then finds out that someone in his daughter's life in America is doing the American version of Squid Game and he wants to stop it so then you get mm-hmm. a totally different perspective on squid game with different games than like the american perspective mm-hmm. uh, but still well, the, like keep the same series going at the same time yeah
3: the the american perspective almost ruined the show like with this one so
1: with yeah the, but that's that's yeah, just from TV their characters yeah that's just from <laughs> them but the actual like yeah. squid game people yeah so. right even though guys guy said yeah the cream do it the best so there's right multiple countries with multiple games
4: exactly yeah. so i think that'd be cool to explore like the different countries version of squid game with what games they would do you know wow mm-hmm. if, right, you Rover, right Rover, the, if you guys were in
2: if you were in ooh, that's a great game if you were in the situation where he was with the marbles would you have lied to your partner and said yes every
1: yeah you gotta you gotta you gotta win at that point right you, or you die so there's yeah. no, like, moral compass at that point. You know. oh, yeah.
4: The one with his wife, though, that would have been the hardest one. That's you know, like, fucked up. That's, that was that's a that's great where, twist. Yeah.
1: You're playing against each other. Oh, fuck. Yeah. 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 It's a great show. But, yeah, if you cut that uh, cop investigation out completely, nothing changes. Yeah. But I did like the behind-the-scenes stuff. Like, that that stuff was cool. But you had to, like, really, this guy is brand new to this, like, militaristic society <laughs> and sneaking yeah. around perfectly? All right. Right. <laughs> but... Yeah yeah
6: mm-hmm.
2: so then the guy and the all black do you think he will take place of the old man
4: i think so yeah I think that's yeah
2: did he play the squid game and he then now he, he works he in it yeah. mm-hmm. okay why do you think he did that
4: it's, it's i guess it's like amanda and saw right like you grow an appreciation for it almost yeah. like you understand the message better than anyone mm-hmm. and yeah so that that's an interesting topic they could cover as well
2: yep cool
4: I actually I saw see- a, a funny a tweet about it where uh, a guy, an American guy on a plane coming back from Korea, saw a guy like in a few seats over with pink hair and he took <laughs> a picture of it and he wrote a caption, oh, guess no squid game too. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I want to see, I want to see Tall with that hair, dude. Tal, Get a okay. rocket. Maybe for Halloween next year. Oh, I like it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, all right. Uh, so I, I decided that I'm gonna do 100 2021 horror movies. So it'll probably be 2021 movies for the rest of the year for me. Uh, first one is over on Netflix, and it's called Night Teeth. In um, this one, it's a uh, what's it called? Night Thief? Night Teeth. Like oh, teeth, like teeth. Yeah. Okay. Um So there's this guy. He's a vampire hunter, and he has to hunt vampires one night but he also runs a like private driving service for high profile clients, but he's unable to uh, like do that job that one night. So his uh, little brother uh, fills in for him, not really knowing what he's doing. So he goes on and picks up these two girls that want to go club hopping and like to different parties throughout the night. And they give him specific instructions that they have to hit every single party before dawn. so that that's what happens. And they go to the parties and then he starts noticing shit. And it turns out that they're two vampires that are in a vampire war and she's they're like trying to take out other vampires in their turf. Um and they work for Theon Greyjoy. I forget what his real name is. Uh he's like the head vampire trying to kill the other vampires and Alfiel. it becomes yeah, Alfie, and that's right. And it just becomes like this whole vampire war, and this kid is kind of stuck in the middle with it. And he's also trying to protect his brother because he's like the main vampire hunter, and he wants to kind of help him, but also not get him killed. And it becomes this whole thing. And uh, yeah, it's a it's a decent uh, film. You know, I didn't hate it. Uh, I thought it was lacking a little bit of like heart. Um, there just were a lot of scenes where it's just them partying and kind of pointlessly. Uh, But I thought the acting was solid. I thought the story like kept me interesting throughout. and I think it's a decent film uh, to check out for 2021. It's not like in my top 10 or anything, but I think it's one of the better, like outside of the top 10 movies I've seen this year. So that's Night Teeth over on Netflix.
1: All right, nothing else for me, except I did actually start the Outsider miniseries from HBO since I read the book a couple months ago and um, through two episodes so far, so far so good. Excellent acting. It's nice seeing Ben. Ben, what's his last name? Middleson I think. Oh yeah. Um, not, not be a <laughs> not a
4: bad guy. For once. Not a villain.
1: Yeah, yeah. He's a <laughs> yeah. he's a detective, and he's he's excellent, man. He's got some acting chops. That I didn't notice he had until now. So, um, Outsider. Uh, eager to see where it goes, even though I, I mean, I read the books, I already know, but the uh, TV version is pretty good.
4: Is there anything else, Joe? No, that's it for this week. All right, I, I got one more. Uh, I got plenty more but I'm only doing two. So next one still a 2021 film. This one I watched over on Amazon Prime and that's The Unholy. So this one stars uh Jeffrey Dean Morgan, known mostly for being the comedian and watchman and Negan on The Walking Dead. Uh he's a journalist and he does sensational stories for like The Inquirer, like especially like uh kind of paranormal stories and stuff like that. Uh but he's disgraced because he had like completely invented some and kind of was kind of shunned by the community so uh he hears of a girl that might have like some kind of religious power in some small town so he goes over there and this uh hearing impaired girl is um like thinking that she's speaking to the Virgin Mary and all of a sudden she starts like talking and hearing stuff and he witnesses like miracles right in front of his eyes Uh, that place becomes like a beacon for all sorts of religious people. The Vatican's involved, uh, you know, all these like high profile priests and stuff come in and a bunch of stuff happens and it just becomes a story of, is she actually speaking to the Virgin Mary or is it a demon? And he's helping out the little girl and the priests of that town, trying to figure things out before the story becomes too big and that people flock there. And he the demon or whatever starts, uh, mass possessing people, uh, and kind of threatening different people's lives and stuff. Uh, I fucking love Jeffrey Dean Morgan. He's just such a fun actor to watch. Uh, I think also the story is decent, but I also really love religious, uh, themed films, especially when it comes to, uh, like Catholics and Christians, because they have such a, interesting relationship and history with uh, their stories and stuff and i really liked the whole like virgin mary thing kind of the a fatima type situation so i was really interested in all that what kills this movie and really kills it is the cgi it is fucking awful like it completely ruins this movie uh, and if it wasn't for that i would have thought this was a really solid film but the cgi is so bad and so overused that it just completely took me out of the film. So it's really a run-of-the-mill, kind of midway film for 2021. Still worth a one-time watch, I would say, but nothing I'd go out of my way to check out. So that's The Unholy over on Amazon Prime.
1: Uh, Trivia time. Get those trivia questions out, peeps. Today is game number 43. I am in the lead with 105. Steve right behind me, 103. Joe right behind uh, him, 100. Sam, 68. Uh, I think we, we should
2: we should make an additional bet of who's gonna win.
1: Oh. Like bet money on the person. <laughs> yeah. Oh. We're all gonna bet on ourselves. I don't know. hope <laughs> <laughs> not me. Go should the Discord. Like,
3: what about the sixty point question?
1: <laughs> Can For you imagine? <laughs> That'd
4: suck. Yeah, yeah, that suck. Yeah, that's how I'm playing Mario Party with my wife these days. And that's how exactly what Mario Party is like. You win the whole fucking game. You get to the yeah. end, and they give bullshit stars at the end. And then <laughs> you know, ends up yep, like destroying fun. me. It's like, God damn
2: it. What are you playing on, Steve?
1: Uh, Nintendo Switch. Keep telling Joe's She needs to get Sam on Nintendo Switch. Mm-hmm. Me and Sam would love that. The only yeah. thing I have
2: is a Super NES.
3: Yeah, we play Mario Kart sometimes.
4: So that's what else it. can you
2: play on Switch? Everything.
4: You uh, if you get Switch Online, which is like $30 a year, you get... Super Nintendo games, Nintendo, N64, like Genesis. There's a bunch of shit.
3: Oh, wow. N64 is my jam. See, Sam kicks my ass in Super <laughs> Nintendo, and then I kick her ass in Nintendo 64. 64 yeah. So, yeah. yeah,
2: it's the joystick. I can't. <laughs> yeah, do. I
4: agree. I yeah. fucking hate it.
3: That's what I. We should. Yeah, we probably should. Maybe.
2: Uh, That's what we bro. should do for Christmas. Get yourself a yeah.
3: gift. Yeah, maybe we will. Would we be better off with a Switch, uh PlayStation, or an Xbox, though, if we're gonna. go Depends also. what you're playing.
4: It's, Ew, yeah. I
1: think Switch. For you guys, Switch. For you guys, Switch, just, yeah. yeah for you guys, mm.
3: Yeah. Because right. yeah. we we don't gain that
1: much. So. Right. right. Steve yeah. I, Steve and I, have all of them. Uh, no, big deal. <laughs> <laughs> no big deal. No biggie. I'm an adult. Would, I can do that now.
3: <laughs> what would be the best for me to play an old my old man golf games on? Oh, th- that'd like, be a, on
1: Xbox
4: because they have a yeah. the Tiger Woods still. They, they yeah, fuck, that's finally what... fucking play Blair Witch too.
3: Oh yeah, <laughs> there I know. you go. I would love that. Maybe we'll maybe we'll get a Switch and like an Xbox. Would I? let what, That'd be what's fun. Part? An Xbox or a PlayStation? Like, what's better? Xbox. Xbox.
1: Okay. Yeah, you get a lot of free games with Xbox.
4: Yeah. Uh, maybe movies. we'll. Like, what other that?
2: games can I play with Switch that are for like the fun, like the fun person well, like, create m- most of them all really? Of them?
4: Uh, I, like you would probably love Animal Crossing, that's the one that everyone oh, plays. I hear that a lot. Yeah. But, yeah,
1: I think you and Joe can play Smash Brothers and Mario Kart for sure. Yeah. So
2: is it what's the thing where it's like handheld? Is that the this switch? Is switch?
4: Yeah, you either play it so handheld or bo- you or you dock it on <laughs> what's uh, that mean? It's like there's like this thing that you put it on and then it goes Docking. to your TV. Docking is actually a homosexual. Oh, <laughs> too,
1: right? it.
2: So then how do we both play? Do we have to get not only the switch, but we have no. to get the docket so, and so two controllers?
4: If you Steve's put... Like, Fuck, now I got to edit this out. <laughs> if, if you dock the system, you take out this, the controllers come out and then you both have a controller.
2: Oh, Cool. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you just need the switch because then I could play the on the docket no, and then no, I can no, also no. come in here and play on my room.
1: Don't, don't be confused though, because there's three versions. So there's one <laughs> Nintendo Switch, which is original. It has a black dock, and then that comes with everything. But there's a Nintendo Switch light that doesn't come apart, and that's only handheld. So okay. don't get the light. But you can get either the new one, which is kind of. Just coming ask out, us before you buy it. Oh, there we'll you go. Ask Take a picture of it. <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a blast with that for cool. sure. Cool. Yeah, that's what we do little party games and stuff.
2: How fun. Yeah, I want to do that. And then I also want to get like cool lighting in our living room to where we can like turn it on.
1: Can I get some uh, LED lights with a little uh, remote control?
2: Yeah. yeah.
4: All right, ready? Who's going? Who's going first? If only, if only, I'll go. If
3: only we had an electrician. Right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so I got three special questions that I, I've been saving up just for episode 200. I love it. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah. So these are
6: Uh-oh.
4: yeah three. Uh, so let's see how you guys do. How, how well do you know? this podcast Um, podcast. (laughs) (laughs) so the first one is i was
1: was looking at movies earlier when i was trying to figure out which ones i didn't like i'm like i don't remember watching this fucking movie
3: yeah i I know i i I just did that with mon i was like monstrom what the fuck was that and then i was like oh yeah that was the one
4: you really liked the green one i think i I
0: really
3: loved it it was on my top 10 yeah
4: yeah there's definitely movies that you're like sometimes i'm gonna start looking when we do reviews because i'm like have we reviewed that (laughs) i'm not sure Yeah. (laughs) yeah All right, so this is my trolling question, first one here. Oh god! So you got to be quick on it, hopefully. What episode number are we on? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> are you ready? And this one's serious. Yes. I'm really asking this this time. Okay. Okay. In which Canadian province oh. <laughs> is our sponsor, Deadly Ground Coffee, based out of? Toronto. Right. Yeah. Toronto. Is that, pro- is that a province? Ontario. Thank you, Sam. All yeah. right. <laughs> Toronto is a city in Canada. <laughs>
2: I was either going with Ontario or Nova Scotia.
4: Yeah, no, there's nothing in Nova know. Scotia. <laughs> great Shout people. To but, Nova Scotians. Yeah. Shout out. Great, great people We're there, big but up there. not much. Yeah.
1: And hold on. Sam, milestone, 69 points.
4: All right. 69.
1: Just like the billionaire in Squid Game. Ends, game. Yeah. <laughs> I hate that guy.
2: Yeah.
1: He was I'm glad close. the cop knocked his ass out.
3: Yeah. All right. All right, I'll go next. All right. Hit it, Daddy. Which of these horror film series... Well, this is also from Kayla, so thank you, Kayla. Kayla. Which of these horror film series include installments with the following subtitles? So, Dead Ahead and Roadkill.
4: Joyride. Correct. I I had it in my mind and I couldn't, like, say it. (laughs) Couldn't verbalize it. Next week's episode.
2: Wait, how did you question that? What are those alternatives?
1: Headlines. Which of
3: these horror film series include installments with the following subtitles? Oh, subtitles. That's right.
1: So part three is Roadkill, I believe.
2: Oh, OK. I see what you're asking. OK.
1: Yes. Um, OK. Um, also from, let me ask before I go on, are... do any of you guys have Don the Dead related questions? I don't. No? OK, because I had a couple of originals, so I'll throw in here. Um, all right, but this is not it. <laughs> um, OK, so in Jaws... All right, Hooper, Chief Brody, and Quint. They're all talking about their scars and shit, all right? Quint has a shark bite scar from what type of shark?
4: Bull shark? Tiger?
1: Bull bull tiger. Great white. The answer is thresher shark.
4: Uh, Oh. I would not have remembered that. No. Isn't
2: that like a disease, like thrush mouth or something?
4: Oh, shit. I don't know. Thresher
1: sounds like. Isn't that a skateboard, brand. Thrasher.
3: Yeah. Sure. I
6: think
1: Tammer. I have
3: shape.
2: Alrighty. Weezer had sent in a question, but I'm gonna save it for next week. So these three questions come from Kayla. Kayla. This gruesome film franchise has sequels that are subtitled Last Resort, Bloodlines, Left um, from Dead. <laughs> Damn it, Todd.
1: Yeah, <laughs> All right. I love All that right. series, man. The like sequel's are really good, except for the new one. Except for Damien, he's good.
4: Come on. Seth Balls, dude. All right. So for this one, closest to wins. Okay. Okay. Uh, how many interviews have we done <laughs> since, since becoming the Horror Squad? Wow. Uh, right. twenty-five. Twenty-five is on the board.
2: I'm guessing Forty. You...
4: Forty. Forty is on the board. So, Sam.
2: Thirty-six.
4: And the winner is by one, Sam.
2: Is it thirty-seven?
4: <laughs> no, it's that no by one like, but because Todd was six away, you're five away. It was actually 30, oh. thirty-one. Okay, oh. 31 I'll since uh. So yeah. I got, nice.
2: the got the point,
4: including tonight.
2: <laughs> whoop whoop,
4: including tonight. Yeah. All right, cool. It's
3: my turn. Uh yes. Okay. Hearthrob George Clooney had a supporting role in which 1988 Grizzly. horror
1: film? Incorrect. Grizzly 2. <laughs> Incorrect. I was Grizzly 2. Right. <laughs> was he in Grizzly 2? I was just fucking around. He me. was,
3: yeah. It was him. Uh, there were those three. Uh, bay Charlie, actors Charlie the
4: Sheen. Oh,
1: the, yes. oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, who's the other one?
3: The woman uh, was famous too, I think.
4: Yeah, I don't remember who it was. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. It's the girl from Jurassic Park. Yeah, um, Laura Dern. Laura Dern. There you go. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, I'll be killed.
1: Uh, what was, it, what was it, George Clooney supporting role, eighties. Yeah, Clooney? yeah. Ooh.
3: Heartthrob. What, Heartthrob. George Clooney. Oh, oh no
2: one yeah. guessed it yet.
1: What,
3: was no. he Night Nightbreed? Had a supporting role in which nineteen eighty horror. Nightbreed is incorrect. Sam, gets a guess, and supporting then I'll let role, you guys. 1980s. I don't. I don't know if you, I was As I say, that's a it,
2: that's a lead. I'll, one. I'll give you a Elm Street.
3: No, but and let me give you all a small hint. It's a horror comedy. And it is a sequel. Oh, really? Yes. Horror comedy sequel. We got a lot of horror what comedies year? in the '80s. The 1988. 80s. Damn. I I would. I don't know if any of you've seen it, honestly. So we'll see. It is a very yes. popular franchise. Very
1: popular franchise. Phantasm
3: Two. No. I have no
1: idea. George Clooney, popular '80s. Friday the 13th. I mean, In, and I'm not an inc- but I can't have two guesses. Inc-
3: incorrect. Sam, one one more guess for you if you want it.
1: Very popular. Mm-hmm. Is it Jaws?
3: No, it may be very popular, is not the right term. Very c- popular cult following. A cult cult uh,
1: series or the sequel itself?
3: It's a cult. It's a cult series.
4: Mm-hmm. Oh, just All a right. Basket <laughs> case. <laughs>
3: Uh, Return of the Killer Tomatoes. Get
4: get out of here with your popular shit. (laughs) God, the first one is so fucking bad. (laughs) Christ. All right, Todd.
1: Okay. I don't know why I'm throwing Steve bones here, but here I go. (laughs) What is the new station that Fran and
4: Steven work at in Don the Dead? WNUF. No, that's the fucking Halloween special. <laughs> oh.
3: yeah.
4: WRKQ. Uh, both of those.
2: WGN.
1: Uh, I'm gonna give it to you. It's WGN. Oh. I'm oh, it to her. I'm it. giving it to her. Yay! Uh,
4: thanks. I, I had no idea. That's
3: WNBC. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. WNBC. <laughs> I love that movie. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah.
2: <laughs> All righty. Next question. In what 1998 movie did James Woods play a Vatican approved priest? Empire
4: Yeah. Fuck.
2: Good job, Todd. Thank
4: you. We even reviewed it. You're getting dead. killed
3: getting killed here.
4: Yeah, I think Todd's on, uh, about Joe. to finish the year off here. Yeah. Uh, all right, my last question is another closest two. I'm calling you out, brother. It's <laughs> my whole <Hulk> gag. <laughs> all right. So closest two, including closest to... including tonight's episode, how mm. many movies have we reviewed, since episode 100, movies only? Movies um, um, only. Is, does that include what watched? No, uh, just like the main reviews. Just mainstreams? No.
1: Um, 200 and, I mean... Since,
4: no. since episode 100. Oh. I want to say 100,
2: 118.
4: 108, right? 122. One of you is super fucking close and it's sam
6: oh. Oh. oh
4: it's actually 117 wow, oh, wow. yeah
2: One
6: so we
4: a did a lot letters. of uh like our well 100 was four movies oh, i did not think of that we did a lot of two, uh double features mm-hmm. but i also subtracted our year end episodes our decade episodes the book the tv mm-hmm. show so did you count all the student gordon films too no because that doesn't add the episode was too you know we didn't uh, review. Yeah, Retrospective,
3: Retrospective. Yeah. Yeah.
4: So,
1: what was it again? What was the final? One seventeen. One seventeen.
3: Wow. So yeah. Nice. All right, my last one for tonight. Hearthrob, Macaulay Culkin to some. <laughs> good Macaulay son. Culkin played a non-speaking role in what 1990 <laughs> film? This was a film he played in before being coming recognized in Omen. the Home Alone franchise. Incorrect. Damn it.
4: I I saw this in a documentary recently. <laughs> and I, what was it? I should...
3: It's I, I would say it's borderline horror. Oh, now
2: you're giving I actually, guesses, clues.
3: I I'm giving clues, and I talked about it in what watched maybe within the last year or two. The um, <laughs> last year or two. Cool. <laughs> it's something so. I yeah. It's, it's a very popular film though.
1: So he was a kid when this came out.
3: Yes. It was before Home Alone.
1: Shoot, man. I have no idea. My girl.
3: <laughs> yeah, no.
4: I don't I don't remember. So what is nothing.
3: One of Todd's favorites. Wanna talk really? about what? One Todd enjoys quite a bit because he's the one that told me about it, to check it out. And then I watched it. Jacob's Ladder.
4: Oh wow. Oh.
1: I would not, have one of my that. favorites. There you oh, go again. It's a good one, though. Is it that is the one with the like eyes?
2: The, Yeah, and like the know. face is kind of like a like
1: yeah, like
3: a Texas
2: yeah. chainsaw type thing.
3: Yeah, sort of. Yeah, it's a good movie.
1: Who's up?
2: Me, you? oh, me or Todd?
4: Uh, I think it's Todd person. I Oh, just joking. One.
1: Oh, okay. Um, all right, from Kayla. In which supernatural sequel to 1980s Friday the 13th does Jason attempt to resurrect himself by possessing one of his own family members part
2: can you repeat it I was five. thinking about ideas about the soundboard
1: uh, I was on the board <laughs> however I'll repeat the question uh, what Jason movie does he try to resurrect himself by possessing one of his own family members
4: oh nine Jason goes to hell
1: uh, you don't get another guess Steve I'm just kidding See, you get it,
2: yeah. Oh, Steve looked so
1: sad. <laughs> like, no, I want more poutine, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or Sam says it, pooty tank. <laughs>
2: All right, this trivia question is brought to you by the Horror Squad soundboard. I'm gonna play three. Oh. Scream Queens, Screams. You have to name all of them.
1: Are you really? Wow. To...
2: No, but I'm like, this is the fun <laughs> we could have.
1: <laughs> that would be fun, actually.
2: All righty. What color is the goo found in the church basement in Prince of Darkness?
4: It's like, green, uh, pink, huh? yellow.
1: All
2: right, Joe gets a point. Thank
4: you.
1: What was it, green? Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I think you're thinking of uh, Ghostbusters too.
4: Ghostbusters slime. Yeah. <laughs> the river
1: of slime. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: <laughs> All right. That's it. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, we oh, gotta get the review.
1: All right. So tonight, Sam with the big night. Four brings her up to seventy-two. Uh, me three, We're both up. the other dudes one. I'm still in on with 108, Steve, 104, Joe 101, and Sam 72. Thank you for sending in your questions. Now, let's talk about Dawn of the Dead, George, Andrew Romero. I was gonna ask that, Steve, but I think you would have got it, so yeah, I decided yeah. not to. <laughs> um so yeah down the deck came out in 1978 it follows um two reporters one's a traffic cam guy named steven super nerdy we got fran who works in the studio and we have two swat team officers peter and roger uh right at the beginning of the zombie outbreak um we open in a new studio where the new studio is going crazy they're trying to get they're just trying to get facts out there right they're talking about like um how to deal with the zombies, how to dispose of them, things like that. No one's taking it seriously. Everyone's in panic mode. Steven goes in there. He's like, Franny, let's get the fuck out of here. I'm going to steal a helicopter. Let's go. Then we flash over to um, Peter and Roger, who are on a SWAT team raid into like kind of like a project's low-income housing to take out a project or gang leader, whatever you want to call him, because he's housing zombies and they want to get rid of the zombies. So um, they go in there, they have a shootout, blah, blah, blah. Long story short, Roger and um, Peter they go to meet up with their friends Stephen and Franny because Stephen and Roger are buddies. They get in the helicopter, they fly away until they eventually settle on a mall, and they go in there and start trekking it over. Um, We'll leave it at that. George Romero is like one of my favorite, my the favorite director of mine. Um, This is my favorite movie, so all my problems are going to be nitpicks. So I guess I'll just leave it at that.
4: All right, I'll go next, I guess. Uh, yeah, so I, I picked this one out of the list. I just couldn't see Dawn of the Dead on the list and not pick it, you know. Uh, it's also my favorite horror movie of all time. And like Todd, like, yeah, I, there's nitpicks I have with it for sure. And I was kind of trying to focus more on them. Uh, but I just fucking love this movie, man. I was so excited that to even have an excuse to watch it again. Not that I need an excuse, but just to enjoy this, like the story and this this world that they, they build. And I just fucking love it. I have so many notes of things that I love about it and little nitpicks. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe that's not the, the best thing, but uh, I was super psyched to do this episode because just to nerd out over, you know, George I Romero movie. And this movie is just so awesome. Like I remember watching it for the first time when I was a teen, my uh, dad's buddy uh, recorded it for us. So an illegal <laughs> uh, kind of recording on a VHS tape and I've said the story before, uh, the copy I got ended with um, Peter uh, with a gun in his head, and I assumed all throughout until college when I bought the DVD <laughs> that he just offed himself and Fran just left, <laughs> and that was the end of the movie. That's not a bad ending, though. No, no, it's it's a yeah. bleak ending, but it's 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 almost like a Night of the Living Dead ending, to be honest with you. Uh, it's almost as bleak as the original ending, if they would have filmed it. Right, so there's, you know, anyway i I was happy to see him live because i really love that character but yeah i mean i fucking love this song it's just from the score to the absurdity of the zombies to just watching them hang out in the mall like i love all of it so it's great
3: all right i'll go next because this was sam's first watch actually so um you know i i haven't seen this movie in probably a decade but i remembered having just such a fondness for it and it being one of my favorite zombie movies uh ever. Uh so I was very excited to uh revisit this after a long time. i um, rewatching it now with I guess more of a critical eye. I have some issues with it.
4: Be very, very careful what you say right <laughs> now. <laughs> So Todd, who just like an hour ago is like, I like that we could just be honest with the reviews.
1: For the fans, this is edit this out. You better watch it.
3: Um, but you know what? I can look past a, a lot of it because it's still like a really fun movie at the end of the day. Um, I'll get into my nitpicks when we get into that later. Um, but you know, you know, it's still just Savini, Romero. Argento I mean you got like some of the greatest horror minds ever um I think you also like I mean this is 78 so like I have to like kind of like put that into my head too when doing this I mean this is like before any other zombie movie really did any of this you know so this was groundbreaking uh at the time uh I mean yeah and I think I'll do like one little nitpick here before I get into like the bigger ones but I think there's like some pacing pacing issues in the beginning but then once we get to them all i think it is when it gets um into the best and when like we finally start uh building these characters and developing the characters better um so yeah i mean i i still love it it's still a great movie um and yeah i'll leave it at that for now
1: damn did you like it
2: did i like it did you like it So like Joe had mentioned, this is my first time watching it. And I'm such a dummy because when the credits started, well, yeah, when the movie started, I was like thinking that I got it confused with From Dusk Till Dawn. And so I was like, I was like, oh, is, um... I don't know what I asked Joe. I said, is someone in this? And I was like, aren't they in the remake? And then I was like, oh, wait a minute. This isn't from dusk till dawn. Cause Joe was talking about how he had seen it. And I was like, well, it wouldn't have been, you would have seen it later on in life. So then I was like, oh, I thought we were watching this. So anyways, I got excited because I had never seen the original. I liked the remake a lot. Um, so the version that we watched, it was remastered. So the makeup looked so corny. So that like took me, that was not a fart. That was my arm on my desk.
1: <laughs> that was a fart, dude. Not, no, not when wasn't. I ended up. That was, that was <laughs> yeah, I
2: promise. <laughs> <laughs> I
6: promise. <laughs> my chair's been
2: squeaking too, I promise. Okay, uh-huh. so, so with it <laughs> being remastered, like <laughs> shut up. With it being remastered, that kind of took me out of it. But I also had to remember, like, this was the first zombie movie from my understanding. And Tom Savini, like, really did a great job of all of the practical effects and stuff like that. Um, At the beginning of the movie, I was a little lost because I didn't know why it was so chaotic and what the SWAT team was doing. Because I felt like they just made the situation worse. Like, ripping the families apart, shooting people. Like, I was like, what the fuck is happening? Um, But, like, once... Like Joe said, once they got into the mall, it kind of like the flow of it, you can kind of see a little bit better. Um, but I liked it. I would watch it again. And yeah, I don't know. I want to hear more from Steve and Todd since you guys like absolutely adore this. And why is it so special to you? Is it just because you love the zombie life, the zombie <laughs> subgenre? <laughs>
1: Let me touch on that uh special effects you just said um this is i this is a movie i own the most copies of it's like 12 it's ridiculous um wow. and i watched the most recently on vhs because i think that's the best medium for this because the effects do suffer for the age like when they put it out in 4k recently it's like man i can see the seams but that's not even down the dead that's like everything that they put on 4k yes, from yes. the 70s it's like because like the lighting was meant for film and like film grain and now it's in 4k digital it's like yep. you kind of like ruined that plus Savini himself said like he wanted to do the zombies in gray but when they did it on film it came out as a little bit bluish so that's kind of fucked up in production mm-hmm. um but as far as why I like it this is the movie I watched that I like when I watched it I knew oh shit I'm like I'm a horror fan now like I'd watch Jaws and you know Friday things like that but once I saw Dawn of the Dead that's like it kicked me off into high gear. Like I started going on internet forums, um, tracking down like DVDs, VHS, just seeing like absorbing all that I could. Um, so that was like a gateway in the horror because I up to that point, I'd never seen something as like, like that finale is so brutal when the bikers are getting ripped apart. And I think that's pretty much the first time I've ever seen something like that. Um, but I, what I also like about it too is like it's, huge in scope at the beginning but then it shrinks to like this really intimate story about like these four characters and like their their arcs are awesome because Fran who you would think would be like the normal damsel in distress right she's pregnant Steven's kind of like he's trying to bond with these guys but he's not on like their manly level so he kind of looks down on Fran because she's holding him back but Fran's like no I'm fucking tough like get the fuck off me Steven blah 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 so her, her arc is from being what we think is to be a damsel to being a badass. Steven goes from being super fucking dork, even though he's a dork the entire movie, to like snapping it. Then it's like this is the first time he has ever done something manly, and he's been hanging out with these cops, and like he always like kind of feels inferior. So like for him to go from like yeah I fucking stepped up, I found the AC ducts that made us be able to travel in like safely around the, the mall. Um, to like him being like taking it super personal that these fucking bikers are invading his mall and like he ultimately his actions lead to his own death because he could have just listened to Roger or Peter and just like shut the fuck up hide and they would have left anyway but he ended up dying over it and then Peter like he started off the movie as like the odd man out he was buddies with nobody like um Roger just basically met him that night and he's like hey bud just come with me whatever so he goes in from like the odd man out not only not knowing anybody but also like racially too he's the only black guy and there's always some animosity between him and him and steven for some reason um even when franny sees him she's like Well, oh, well can we handle this and steven's like well it's gonna cost more gas but we'll fucking we'll deal with it like shut up steven something a dick um and then the guy that's supposed to be the hero on paper peter like starts off super strong he's he's talking to that rookie cop on the the rooftop like hey man just like calm down, you'll be good. And then right away that guy gets executed and you're like, fuck, like this movie's starting. but he ends up being like the hero on paper, but ultimately can't handle it. Like he can't cut it. He snaps, he's like, starts playing with his own life and then he gets bit and he fucking dies. And it's like, still bums me out. Cause I love that character, but everyone starts off one way and then ends for better or worse in a different way than when they started the movie. So Like, your journey with those characters is what really sells it for me. It's corny. It's got some, like, it was only made for $500,000, too. So put that in perspective. But, like, it's got some corny dialogue. It's got some really bad action at times. But just the characters and, like, who they are is what really sells it for me. That's why I love it.
2: I love that. All of that makes me appreciate it even more so, Todd.
1: Well, thank you.
4: Yeah. And I love that this movie isn't afraid to tackle like a lot of things that other movies wouldn't Uh, like the whole first scene, you know, in the uh, apartment complex, they're showing classism and racism. And it's like and also like how those people are just trying to essentially protect their dead, you know, because uh, I think it's Peter that says the line like they still value. Like death is still an important thing. Like it's they still value the whole death process. You know, it's not just killing them and being done with it. It's uh, and it's sad. Like that scene where they find the bodies in the basement is just it's heartbreaking. You know that uh, that's what they did with their dead. Uh, it's tough to watch. So I I really like that. And then when they go to the airport, you know they they kill the kids. Like shit, you you don't see a lot of zombie kids getting murdered in. In zombie films, you know, they did it a, f- a little, few times on The Walking Dead, but they didn't, I mean, the first fucking zombie walking dead's a kid, but in Those back
1: niece and nephew too, It's a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, right.
2: Oh, that's so fun.
4: <laughs> um, you know, and just, it's cool. I, I like seeing them tackle things like that. You know, it's, it's the same thing at the mall where they're talking about, like, people being kind of obsessed with consumerism and stuff like that. So there's a lot of deep things this movie uh, does tackle, but it's also really fun. You know, there's some great moments in this um when the zombie loses its head at the airport with the helicopter blade that's such a cool uh kill um i, I i've said in the past i fucking love when they're just like in the mall shopping and enjoying the fruits of their labor you know i i really wish roger could have done more of that and it's, it's a bummer like every time i'm hoping okay maybe this time he won't get bit you know <laughs> obviously he's gonna get bit but it's maybe this time like... he'll stop wooing for the night <laughs> right yeah exactly <laughs> it's just like things like that which I uh I really love and there's these little moments that Romero puts in there that just they're little little moments and they just add like this whole this heart to the thing like the uh nun zombie uh, she gets her dress stuck in the doors and Fran just kind of opens the door back up to let her out you know and that's such I don't know why I just love little moments like that it's the same thing with like the baseball player uh where he's just like sad and like defeated it's like the zombies were defeated and he's just sitting there staring at her instead of like going off like the other zombies and these little moments I find add so much heart and that's one thing I love about Romero zombies is they have a personality of their own like he puts a personality to zombies you know um so that's really cool Steve, do you feel bad for the scene when the bikers are throwing pies at them? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, you know? I do
1: too. Because you're rooting <laughs> they, for the hold the one down and take mm-hmm. her necklaces off and things. Yeah,
4: yeah. Because it's funny because as as bad as zombies are in this series, you kind of root for them a little bit. You you kind of like feel for them. They, they're just people just trying to kind of wander around the mall, you know. And you're almost like happy when they take over the mall again, and you see them enjoying the mall at the end, <laughs> like you see them skating yes. and you see them like. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's just like I, yeah, there's just so many things about this movie that I love. Uh, there are issues like which we can get into you know a little bit, but yeah, it's I, I fucking adore this movie. You mentioned little
1: things that Romero does and I really like the scene where um Peter's a fucking great guy, man. And he just lost his buddy that, you know, they grew to be best friends over Peter and um, you know, because he didn't have a best friend, whatever. But um, you know, Roger's dead and Peter decides to make a nice fancy dinner for friend and steven and then he takes off and he drinks with roger's body but the thing i, scene I like the best is that steven proposes a friend and she denies him saying it's not fucking real like let's not do this and then the next scene is they have like they had sex and he has that they both have the post nut clarity where they're like fuck like this is not going to get better for us like this world sucks we're fucking like we're just faking shit now um that's just, like, I, I've always, that the scene, like, Steve is just staring off in the distance, and she's sitting there topless and just, like, fucking zoned out. It's, like, fucking great, great, effective scene. Not because she's topless, because of the fucking, shut up.
3: No. I mean, that's just Romero. Like, he knows how to, like, build. He, his character building is <laughs> top notch, really. And, like, the way he deals with, um like, all of these social issues and stuff. I mean, that's always been, like, Romero's, I mean, that's why people love Romero, right? Like, it's just, yeah fantastic work
4: i mean they even tackle abortion like fuck, right you know? like oh, just
1: okay that's a nitpick how does he know what is he gonna do a how's he know how to he's gonna abort punch him that? gun.
4: <laughs> that's <laughs> what i said to sam gonna...
2: that's what i think what are we is doing here guys? just like take a hit to the stomach
4: you know, he, he probably knows some concoction of medications oh, that nice. would uh, force an abortion where are
2: we getting the meds from peter from right he's got a
4: whole pharmacy in the mall
2: is there a farm? Was there yeah. a farm?
4: There's
1: I mean, got to be. There's a gun oh, store. Oh, there's. A yeah. There's like, <laughs> right. This mall is everything. <laughs>
4: mm-hmm. The mall's legit. Yeah. So you want to get into a few of the nitpicks? Um. Sure. Yeah.
2: Pause, so. Like tear rolling down. <laughs> right. if we have to.
4: No, I, I, I have a very.
1: I'll go because i my minor. Yeah. Super minor. Um, Roger is a little bit over the top when he's snapping. It's like, Peter's like, "Shut the fuck up, man. Get your shit together." And he's like. I'm all good, baby. But before that, he's like wooing constantly, and it kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Um, And then there's a couple blood inconsistencies, like Roger um, shoots the, uh, I'm sorry, Peter shoots the zombie that's in the truck right over Roger's face. It trenches him, and the next scene, he comes up, and he's fine. So like, those are like very minor production things. You can see Tom Savini jumping off a trampoline at one point for a zombie. Um, And then the puking scene by Fran. I don't know what kind of throw up these people are doing, but that's not how you puke. Like, you can see the side of her head, and she's just like, eh, eh, like, completely silent. Um, but those are, that's it. That's it for me. Okay. Like, I can watch it, like, right now. I feel like watching it again.
4: I'd oh, Me too. It's funny. You're like, just talking yes. about it, if You want to watch it again. Uh, a, few of the nitpicks, too. Uh, a few of the nitpicks I had. One, friends drinking while pregnant. <laughs> I don't know if she and was smoking. Drinking. And yeah. smoking. Yeah, smoking, but smoking they did in the 70s uh but they did drink- everything in the 70s yeah but drinking was like oh my god that's tough to watch but anyway that's like i said it's it's a nitpick uh i noticed the same zombies showing up over and over <laughs> like there's a few key zombies that they're there when they open the escalator and then they're outside and they're back inside and then you see them like attacking the bikers. like it's the same exact zombies wearing the same clothes <laughs> and it just seems unrealistic that the same zombies would kind of show up all the time um in all the key scenes you know so that kind of made me laugh i get that you know they don't have a million extras the movie had such a small budget it was just funny seeing kind of the same zombies over and over um oh my god fucking steven's punch at the airport he like swings his arm (laughs) yeah fully extends (laughs) it's it's so funny like it adds to the charm I laugh so hard. It's such a fucking so probably the worst punch ever. <laughs> he falls over like a fucking clumsy asshole. It's, uh, uh, but that again, you know, it's, it's stuff like that. Even though it's yeah, it's a nitpick. It, it kind of adds to the charm of the whole thing. Um, yeah, it's just like little things like that. You know, the, yeah, of course, just inconsistencies, uh, blood splatter, and uh, but you know, for, for I don't know if you know Joe and Sam know this, but the mall was a functioning open mall. That they could only shoot at night, so they'd have to clean up everything every, you know, every night, reset up everything, and so yeah, there's going to be inconsistencies if they didn't finish a scene, you know, to have the same blood splatters and the same like it's just going to happen. So yeah, just stuff like that. I nothing major, you know. I, I just fucking love this movie so much; it's hard to, you know, everything adds to the charm to me.
3: Um, my biggest nitpick, um, is the intro to the movie i think it's too chaotic like i understand like why he's trying to go for that because like obviously he just throws us right into this zombie apocalypse but the problem is with me is that it like it was hard to follow like a little like at times you know like it's like what like he's just throwing you in there and you really don't know what is happening to me this isn't like my personal opinion anyway um where I, i found it like hard to like okay like what these guys are SWAT team like I felt like it was a little jumbled um and we obviously you do figure that out kind of like once everything kind of settles down and we get to the more mundaneness which on it when I say mundane but I think that's the best part of the movie when we get to that more mundaneness of being in the mall um yeah I was just like a little too chaotic for me where it we had no character building there so which you get the character, the character building, obviously, once we get to the mall. But I mean, that's my biggest nitpick. And it's not like a huge nitpick, like, cause I still love this movie, but watching it on this watch, like, I kind of forgot. I-, I remember everything from the mall that I completely kind of forgot about this intro scene. And I just like to me, it, it just, it was my least favorite part of the movie.
4: I, I-, I have two more things that I just saw on my list that I forgot to yeah. mention. Uh, one is the scene with the fly boy with Steven in the boiler room when he's shooting. Uh, and the ricochet like sound effect at every shot that he does was is kind of so ridiculous. And how does he not see this fucking zombie? This slow ass zombie. <laughs> it's just he's just fucking like,
1: dork, dude. Yeah, you know, he's
4: just like <laughs> shooting all over the place. That that was funny. The sound effects in general, I thought they're very goofy. You know, the punching very, have yeah. a real like kind of cartoony uh, sound to them. So that's you know, if you're not into the charm of it, I could see how that would be an issue. Right. And the other one is the fucking when the zombies are doing the. Frankenstein monsters, like, like you know, arms out thing. I fucking hate that. Like Sam just,
3: said that. <laughs> Sam commented there, about there that are a
4: few same. zombies who do that. Like, come on, guys, that's that, that's like the cliche zombie walk. I don't even know where that really comes from. I, I'm guessing from some of the, one of the Frankenstein movies did it. But uh, yeah, just stuff like that. But overall, fucking amazing. Anything else before we close it up? Sam, you got any?
2: Nope, I loved hearing all of the sweet things you guys have to say about this movie.
1: Yeah, and I hope we can go uh, explore them all in spring. Hopefully, that's still a plan. And I went there a couple of years ago, and I did not have a good time at that con. It was terrible. But I definitely want to go, like, have time to do it. Right. So mm-hmm. it was hey, cool hey, being hey, there, though.
3: And you have you guys met the entire main cast there? Um, no,
1: no, everyone but Stephen Flyboy. Okay,
3: is he? Are they all still alive?
1: Except for Romero, yeah.
4: Yeah. Okay. Cool. I, I, I met uh, Romero, um, Ken Foree, and uh, Tom Sweeney. So. Oh, no, Galen or Scott yet? No, they'd never come here, like ever. So, Galen was so freaking nice. It was ridiculous. Yeah. I really hope uh, to meet them. But, uh, I mean, in fact, when when I saw Joe, when we went to uh, Rock and Shock,
6: Ken Foray was just sitting there, was there with nobody yeah.
4: in line, like just yep. alone no no Travis. handler or anything. Just him. That's
2: a damn shame.
4: Chilling. <laughs> yeah.
6: And I, I, I felt Galen so Ross, bad.
3: Galen Ross was supposed to be at that one, Stephen, that she canceled. Are you serious? Yeah.
4: I'm glad I didn't know that because that was <laughs> really <laughs> bummed me out. But yeah. uh, and it's seal. funny because. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say that, you know, so I'm standing there talking to Joe and we're kind of in the middle where all the celebrities are. And it was late Friday. So there weren't like any, really any people left. And I just felt that like, God, Ken free, like one of my favorite fucking movie. He's right there. And I almost feel like I should go talk to him or something. Cause like, when am I going to get this opportunity ever again? You know? So yeah.
1: A giant of a man, that guy. Fuck yeah. Fucking beast. Yeah.
4: And we failed to mention like all
3: of the, just like completely iconic scenes at this movie like there's so many. Too. like yeah it's like man and the makeup on uh is it roger like on his oh yeah.
4: oh it's like top top and, notch, and speaking man. of it, i think flyboy is one of the best zombies yeah. in film history yeah uh like how he's holding the gun and kind of like the way he moves and everything his ankle man his like how's he it... standing on that ankle mm-hmm. yeah he's, he's fantastic
3: And it's funny that like, even like the zombies that like the plaid zombie, who's literally in the movie for like 10 seconds, like has figures and shit like that, (laughs) you know, like it's, it's funny how like just certain zombies like became iconic for whatever reason.
4: Uh, Todd, I told you this recently and now I don't remember. Hopefully you do. The zombie that gets stabbed in the ear with the um, screwdriver. He's something Uh, now. What what did he do? He directed something recently or? Oh my God. He directed a Marvel movie, didn't he? Was it Marvel? He did something really something big, big. Like, yeah, like lately. And I told Todd, and it like blew his mind. And then I t- I forgot. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I forget what it is, but yeah, he's like a big time, like either director or actor or something now. So I don't know if you guys saw, but like Trick or Treats
3: do is just released like a pillow, and it has like Rogers like face on it. That's Ooh, pretty, I didn't get that. It's pretty cool. I'll send you a picture of it.
1: Nice. <laughs> Rate this motherfucker. One of my rare tens. Ooh, okay. 10s, five out of five, 10 out of
3: 10. Ah, god, I mean, I'm like, so it dropped a little on this watch, I'm not gonna lie, but like, not not by a lot. Like, I had it, it, it was a nine, it was always a nine and a half for me. Like, I had like my minor issues with it. Um, so on this watch, I go to a nine. I still think it's still a fantastic zombie movie and one of the best ever made.
2: I'm also gonna say a nine because I think I would have scored it a little bit lower not that it's the movie's fault it's just when I was watching it I was like man this would look so good on a VHS with it being like scratchy and like a little bit of staticky you know what I mean um and then especially with Todd mentioning that even Tom said that it was supposed to be more gray rather than blue because I was like why are they blue um but yeah I'm gonna give it a nine
1: yeah, I watched it on VHS on my projector, like the perfect
2: Ooh. setup. Mm. It's not high def I bet or it anything, it
1: good. Yeah, it was really
3: good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I had, I had never seen the last time I saw it was on VHS, so it was kind of like jarring to watch it with 4K restoration. Yes.
4: He uh, he he he's the guy who made Dune. Like he produced the New Dune oh, movies. Wow. So Damn, hammy came up, man. Shit. <laughs> yeah, he's the executive producer on Dune. Um, yeah, I mean, do, do you really need to ask? It's a perfect 10 out of 10, easily. Uh just I adore everything about this. The soundtrack, the kills, the atmosphere. I'd like fuck how rare is it that me I watch a movie, we review it, and now immediately I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> because, you know, it's my second like time I, this year watching it. There are multiple cuts. So yeah, I watch it every year for sure. I just it's one of my I have to watch every year. So Probably watch the extended cut the second time. I watched the U.S. Uh, theatrical cut for the review. Yeah. All right. Uh,
1: squad approved. Yes. Next up, uh, Joyride, Candyman, Candy Lady, whatever that's Candy
3: Cane. Candy Cane.
1: Candy Cane. Can Candy <laughs> Cane.
3: I'm excited. I haven't watched that one in a long time either. Yeah, so, yeah. It'll be a fun, it'll Have be a fun one. Have you seen any of the sequels? No.
2: I've seen like the second and maybe third one.
1: Is it just like the same bad guy and that's it? Couldn't I couldn't tell it, you. I couldn't. It's supposed no,
2: to be the same guy, yeah.
3: I assume none of like the original cast came back. The second like second one. I don't remember. I it was remember Sobieski.
1: Lives or dies in that movie. That's gonna be like a fresh watch. Oh. I yeah. legit.
3: Well, I won't say anything, but <laughs> I mean it's a big cast. Lily Sobieski, Paul Walker, and uh, that other dude. Steve's that's on in everything. But yeah. He's yeah, on. Yeah. <laughs> He's good. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I'm excited. That's uh that's one I haven't seen since I I saw it in theaters in like 2001. So. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Can't wait to see it. And thank awesome. you, everyone,
3: for 200 episodes. Yeah, 200 big
4: ones. Yes,
2: thank yes. you, thank
3: you. Yeah, we couldn't forget, have done it without you. Right? And yes.
4: don't forget, we got that uh, hangout on Saturday, uh, the, the day after this episode is uh, recorded, and uh, the interview right after this. Like, it's a really good one. Like, you should really listen to this one. It's not that long. It's like 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. It's great, awesome.
2: Don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Check out our Discord uh rate and review the podcast if you get a chance share with a friend we would appreciate it so much thanks for listening and we'll catch you guys next week
5: bye Bye.
3: happy 200 (laughs) hello everyone and welcome back to the horror squad podcast where today we are joined by two very special guests their new movie the beta test will be premiering on demand and in select theaters on november 5th Please welcome the writers, directors, and stars of the film, Jim Cummings and PJ McCabe. Thank you so much, guys, for joining us today. How are you doing? Doing well. How are you doing, Joe?
5: Doing great. Thanks for having us, us, man.
3: (laughs) Awesome. Fantastic. Can't wait to talk about this. Uh, So uh, why don't you start by telling our listeners a little bit uh, what The Beta Test is about?
0: The Beta Test is about a talent agent in Hollywood getting a letter in the mail, inviting him to a sexual encounter in a hotel room with an admirer. And he goes and he has to put on a blindfold and it's completely anonymous and it's wonderful. And then he never gets another letter and it's him kind of going crazy. In the age of information, and so he does all of this digital sleuthing to try and find out who done it, and he gets to the bottom of the rabbit hole, and it becomes this kind of Korean horror movie almost, uh, and it's really funny and really uh, ridiculous.
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, Is that a good description? I don't know if that's a good description. <laughs> yeah, i seen no, the that, film. I don't know if uh, that works. Okay, did, right? I did yeah. see it. No, I, yeah, I thought that was that was very very accurate. Um, so
0: uh, how did you two uh, get get together for this project? PJ and I have been buddies for like too long, 16 years. So like I went to Emerson together, 2005 yeah. is when we met, which is insane, um, too long. Uh, and then uh, we started working together when I moved to Hollywood in 2014. PJ had been here for a few years um, doing commercials and stuff. And then I started making my own things. I, I stopped producing and made a short film called Thunder Road. And then I started making features and PJ and I were in development to do some TV writing. And we really developed this style of writing that was all auditory, it was all out loud. And then um, all of our scripts became these kind of extensions of our performance abilities. And we had the idea to do this anonymous letter service movie and we just talked about it for like a year. And in writing it, we were doing it all out loud. And so it felt like we were already directing the film and pj had never directed before but i was like let's just do it we're kind of already doing it and that became how we started working together on this one
5: yeah for this one specifically we were initially just trying to sit on a right the most simple horror movie you could like a one location for like no money easy thing we could make in like that a failed. week and then uh, much to our uh, to the anger of our producers, we handed them this script and uh, it 400 snowballed. 400
0: locations. We couldn't really help <laughs>
5: ourselves. And the more research we did into the subjects we were tackling and the more we built up the plot, it just became this crazy, complex, funny story. But uh, that's kind of how we write. And I'm glad it is because I think it makes things more fun. <laughs>
3: nice. Uh, well, now I'm interested because I heard you guys talking about a, a horror movie you were uh, gonna do before this. Um, is that something that could is still
0: possibly that could happen down the road? Yeah, we're writing a couple of them actually, but the the one that we're stoked about is a Victorian horror movie that's really funny and poignant and beautiful. Um, and we're going away to write that one. So we did the outline over the last two years. So like we have this Google Doc that has all of the you know beats of the movie in it and um and now we finally get to put it in screenplay format next week yeah awesome. but that's
5: that's an even more complex bigger one which, <laughs> yeah which is great and then on the side we might do finally do the one location easy ones produce produce those at some point down the line awesome well
3: look forward definitely look forward to checking out those um now getting back to the beta test i mean clearly this movie it has a lot to say well you have a lot of uh, social strong social commentary throughout. Um, so, w- what would you like the audience to take from this the most?
0: I think partially, I want the audience to just watch the movie and be like, "Yeah, that was dope. That was a cool. That was a cool movie. Wow." Uh, and then I don't know. I feel like I feel like it's mainly that. I think like I'm, we're stoked that we made a, a cool movie um, that people are laughing at um, and with. Uh, but no, I think really for me it's it's um, it's important for the audience to feel and to realize that they're more powerful than the powers that be. I think that's a very important message that I feel very strongly about. That like, if you can laugh at these people, you are more powerful than they are and they'll hate it.
5: Yeah, the safe answer for me is definitely always, yeah, I just hope people are entertained and think it's a unique new voice and storytelling and it's funny, but I don't know. I like on the other side of it too, is like, I hope people... Are like, yeah, enough of the bullshit, enough of like the corporate double speak bullshit. And like the, you know, I mean, we're, we're all guilty of it. Like the let's keep talking. We're all excited aspect of every business meeting we have that we know is never going to go anywhere. And it's like, let's stop talking about stuff and actually do it.
3: Uh, Now, obviously there's a lot to say about Hollywood in this movie uh, in general. Um, are, Are those experiences you took that you, you know, experienced
0: yourselves? No comment. (laughs) Um, I I mean, really, yeah, you go into meetings all the time with every aspect of the film industry and there's this facade of show business. It's bullshit. It's just um, bullshitting with people. And it's, it's far more toxic when you're a creative because you never know who's lying to you and what to believe and what's real. And so you can go down these years of just talking about making movies instead of ever making them. And we've seen too many of our friends get lost in that Hustle uh in Hollywood. And we thought that if we made this movie, it could kind of inoculate the next generation from wasting their time with these people. Uh no, no Jim, you, you were obviously coming off of uh
3: The Wolf of Snow Hollow, uh, which was praised by fans and critics alike, uh, which I'm sure was an, an amazing uh Shocking. feeling. Suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so did you feel any sort of um, I guess, pressure coming off of that uh, while making this film?
0: Uh, no, I felt completely free with this one because this one we had a complete final cut. We had no notes on the script. We were able to just work with our team at Vanishing Angle and our best friends who had made our previous two feature films. Um, when I made Thunder Road, it's quite good. Looking back at it now, it's it's a decent movie um, that people like. And then going into the Wolf of Snow Hollow, which is a completely different genre, it's a horror movie. Um, I was really nervous that I was going to get the sophomore slump stuff, and it became an identity crisis of um, you know I'm the lead actor and the writer and the director, and if the movie is edited differently, uh, then then would make it a good film. Um, I'm gonna get made fun of on the internet and not the studio executives who are giving those notes. So that was like a real um, shift in my uh, my mood in finishing a film with this one it was so free and it was just to make fun of the bad guys and to hang out with my buddy PJ and uh, humiliate ourselves and the industry at the same time. So it it felt like we both had this great ax to grind and it felt so much freer than making the big, enormous, nerve-wracking studio film. Yeah, you seemed a lot less stressed (laughs) for those
5: those fall months of that year. That was a crazy year, 2019. Uh, It was fun. It's yeah. just so fun shooting this movie. It really was. It was had such a great crew. Everyone was friends. Everyone knew each other. Very lucky. Things went really smoothly because I think everyone was just having a good time. <laughs> like everyone liked each other. And that's I mean, unfortunately, I, that doesn't happen on all sets. And so we we're very fortunate
0: on most sets. That on most happen. sets, yeah. most people okay. don't get to I, pick who they work with. And that's a that, that's a privilege that we have. We get to organize teams <laughs> that like each other.
3: Yeah. yeah, that was actually gonna be my next question was uh, because the whole cast in this movie is, is just I thought it was fantastic. And so I was gonna ask, you know how, how was the vibe on set? and can you talk about some of your uh, uh, fellow
0: castmates? It was always great. Um, we knew we wanted to work with Virginia Newcomb. We would seen her in the Death of Dick Long and she is just such a nice person and like an incredible actress. And we knew that casting her as Caroline would make all of us have to step our games up and be better actors um, and directors. Um, And so that was a no-brainer. And then PJ's wife in the film is Jessie Barr, who's a filmmaker and a writer and actress. And we bullied her into doing it, Uh, but she was just a buddy. And uh, we knew that she could do it. And she obviously is amazing. The film, that monologue about the airplane is just so crazy and she kills it. And then Malin and Christian are our buddies, the Swedish couple in the opening, and they're a real couple uh, in real life. And they're just friends of ours. So every time we're watching them murder each other, we're dying laughing, being like, oh my God, like these people, like they're the nicest people in the world and (laughs) we're making them kill each other. It's really funny. And then, who else? Kevin chang plays Officer Bo in The Wolf of Snow Hollow and he plays Johnny PayPal at the end of the film here. uh, And he dyed his hair white and his eyebrows white and uh, (laughs) he plays this weird dude, uh, which is great. But really the film is populated with just all of our friends. It's not really, there was no big actors in it. It was just kind of this summer camp that we ran with our buddies and then, you know twisted their arms to act in our movie.
5: Yeah, we like, were lucky we were able to cast people for parts we knew they would kill. Like, I mean, a lot, honestly, a lot of them were written even in the writing process for specific people we had in mind that we knew were gonna play them anyway. So I think that yeah. helped a lot with the casting and the performances.
0: Yeah, Jacqueline, who plays my assistant, is yeah. played by Jacqueline Doak. And we wrote the character name in, be like, <laughs> oh, Jacqueline will do great at this. And, you know, we'd written it a year prior not telling her that we wanted her to act at the movie. And then I say, like, I think Jacqueline can do it. Joe Dishon was like, yep, of course, she's fucking amazing. <laughs>
5: yeah a lot of that way i've realized we're not very good at character names and we just end up leaving the name of the actor like we just never even changed my name in the movie like, it <laughs> You're <was> just PJ <laughs> for the longest time it was jim and pj and we eventually changed him to jordan but we were like yeah. whatever pj sounds like a funny like a, like his best buddy name so we just kept it but yeah a lot of them are just based on the actors and we knew we were, we were going to play that we we're going to play them nice
3: no, it was it was pleasant to see uh, Malin Barr in here because I actually uh, interviewed interviewed her uh, like a few months back for Honeydew. I don't know if you, either of oh, cool. you guys saw that movie. That's right. but that was cool. that was a re- that was a really fun movie as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, so uh, you know, you guys, you know, both the triple threat in this movie acting, writing, directing. Um, is there one would you say that you levitate more towards more than the other?
0: I think I, I have to say directing because directing is just sculpting the thing to make it good. Acting is also that, but if you're just acting in something, you sometimes have no control over whether or not the film ends up being edited in such a way that it's mediocre or lame. And so I think directing is just sculpting, and that's what I prefer. But honestly, doing all three of them at once is its own job, and it feels like it is filmmaking to me. And so that is the most... Alive I ever feel and like the most fulfilled I ever feel is doing all three at the same time, Um, so I would say directing.
5: I mean I came I come from an acting background, I I was pretty much only doing acting through college and most of my 20s I did some writing but only till the past few years writing with Jim um, and obviously first time directing here uh yeah and it's funny now I would say like the writing part I I love writing so much I mean coming up with these crazy worlds and stories we're building is just it's like it's my favorite thing to do in life and now I, like we have a thousand things we're working on I want to do it forever I want to do all these crazy projects we have that we're doing and uh uh yeah and but I agree with Jim though it's there's something fun about doing the triple threat because you just feel like you're putting on a show like you're just you're just like telling a story physically in front of the camera behind the camera your your hands are on every aspect of the filmmaking process and it's just so fun although i think for whatever we do next it sounds like we're probably going to be mostly sticking behind the camera i think well we'll see but uh which i'm looking forward to because i think we'll be able to really focus on crafting uh, each scene specifically
0: The two new ones, there aren't really parts for us. We'll probably play like really humiliating background actors or something, <laughs> something stupid, yeah. uh, just a just as yeah. like a funny Hitchcock cameo. But um, but yeah, no, the rest of them, I, I think for the next couple of films, it won't be us. All right, uh, there's like this movie's just fun,
3: even though it's like it's very it's a very dark comedy. But it, I mean, <laughs> there's so many fun scenes throughout. Um, is there one particular scene that was your favorite to either film or write?
0: There's a scene where when the audience watches it, there is kind of this um, natural smile that happens in the crowd of like, you're watching the craft of the film and people are like, so into it. It's a scene where Jacqueline, my assistant, comes into my office and it seems a bit flirty at first. And you think that the scene could be going a bit Weinstein um, And then halfway through the scene, the power dynamic shifts entirely where she gives away something that makes it seem like she could be reading my mail and knows about the affair that I had. And it's a really wonderful feeling for the audience because they burst out laughing. And that laugh is feeling more powerful than the powers that be. And so it's this really wonderful cathartic experience for us as filmmakers to give some of that power back that Hollywood has taken away from people. And um, it's my favorite thing to do. Like we we were doing a rough edit of the film at a rap party. And so everybody was able to come into the editing room. So like everybody's half drunk and like, we put that scene on and it was just rough. There's no sound design, there's no color correction, but it's me and Jacqueline Doak acting in the scene. And everybody was just enthralled and they were like, this is going to be such a fun movie. And, um, it felt like magic and watching that scene with people really, um, makes me feel incredible.
5: I, I, I answered differently every time. I, it's funny <laughs> right now I, we snuck into, uh, we were at a screening at USC last night and we walked in at the end and watched the Maya culpa in a full theater. And I just was captivated. I was so, I'm so happy with how that came out. That was such a, that had to be perfect like that's such a big me
0: screaming in the parking lot at the end is what we call it's it's just
5: jim being a madman in a parking lot which he does so well and uh and he just crushed it and like we we rehearsed it so meticulously and and jim was just like lost his voice by the end of the shooting day and it was exhausting but he nailed it and i was so nervous because i knew it had to be great and he did it and watching it last night i was just like, ah, oh, it's I'm so it's proud of so it. It's so funny. Glad we got it. It's so ridiculous. But it's, it's so, so ridiculous. But it's so important. And it's it's so it's the perfect ending to this character's crazy journey and his exorcism. And I'm just so <laughs> glad that it it was executed so well.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: No, it, it was. It was great. that was definitely one of my favorite scenes as well. Oh, cool. Uh yeah. Uh now Jim, I'm sure you've been getting asked about this, you know, all day. Um halloween kills Uh, it was it was a delight to see you uh in that and quite a surprise because you know i had watched snow hollow uh about a a year ago and i really enjoyed that and then you know to see you in in the beginning of halloween kills um really just it kind of like threw me for a loop i was like oh my god you know what's he doing in here so can you talk about uh your experience filming that
0: Yeah, it threw all of my friends for a loop too because I didn't tell anybody. (laughs) I was like, I purposely kept it off of social media and didn't tell anybody. And so uh, when the movie came out, there were so many people that texted me to be like, how the hell are you in this movie? Like, why did they let you in this movie? You could have ruined it. And it was really funny. Um, It was a dream. David Gordon Green has been an actual hero of mine since I was a child, since I was 14 when All the Real Girls came out. And he was a Southern filmmaker. I wanted to be a filmmaker. And he was the first real role model I had of, oh, you can do this. You can make movies like this. Um, and we became pen pals when the Thunder Road short came out. So we'd been talking for four years or whatever. And then he saw the feature of Thunder Road on an airplane again, after I sent it to him, you know, two years prior or whatever. And they were casting for Halloween Kills. And, uh, and he was like, oh, I'm gonna call Jim. And he called me the next day on my phone, my cell phone, like David Gordon Green's calling me, what the hell is going on? Um, And he's like, hey brother, uh, we're shooting this movie. We're shooting this Halloween movie. You wanna come down to Wilmington for a week and like come and act and play this part? And I didn't have to audition. He just said, Jim's good. And he can come down and do this thing. And everybody trusted him. And uh, nobody had any qualms with me doing it. And I got to do my little bit in the movie. Um, And it was a dream. And the whole time we're hanging out, on set and I got to meet Michael. I got to meet everybody that played Michael. And the whole crew is so loving. They all like really love each other. And um, while they're killing people on screen, it's like the most violent uh, movie I've ever seen. Uh, But they're just these really lovely Southern funny people. And it was just a dream and like to leave that set, I felt like I had made it. Uh, uh, we, we stayed up all night shooting my scenes and I'm covered in like fake blood, no spoilers. And, uh, and uh, David was like, well, we have the next two days off. You wanna go to the beach? And it was five in the morning and I had a Modelo and I jumped in the ocean in my boxers with David Gordon Green and his AD and his wardrobe designer. And it was like heaven. It was unbelievable. That's.
3: That's awesome. Now were there were there any scenes that uh of yours that got cut that you you know you would you would like to have seen make it or was pretty much that everything? No, that Uh, was
0: everything. Him and Mike
5: Myers playing chess. uh, (laughs) There you go. Love it. I had a game night. uh, yeah, he
0: and he killed me uh game, man. He killed me in chess.
3: literally um so uh pj you're no stranger to to horror movies uh either i know uh you were did the block island sound most recently and uh you're also in uh i think a movie that i I think it was a small role uh, because i started on your IMDb. but the den which i always found to be quite an underrated gem
5: wow yeah you're going that's that's a great (laughs) pull by you uh yeah i did that a man a while ago um yeah that was just through a buddy uh through our friend tony Ascenda, a, a directing buddy of his who did that and that was just very last minute they were just shooting uh at our house that we lived at, right. in, in north That's hollywood right. and they were the actor dropped out for that quick part and <laughs> and i was literally just like i rolled out of bed and i was like i'm an actor <laughs> <laughs> and they were like oh yeah you look like you could play a college kid and i just did it real quick and that was my little role in the den <laughs> so it was just that scary. scene is
0: great that's the one where you're like prank somebody with a dick right it's like yeah a it's like yeah a dick joke. it's like a yeah, it's over funny. like
5: a video call yeah, yeah. and yeah i like so. that scene
0: yeah you're a good in that, right, right.
3: <laughs> nice uh so obviously i mean horror and dark comedies are no stranger to you guys is that do you think that's the path you guys will continue on throughout your careers
0: I mean, we just like riling up audiences and that's kind of the best way to do it, you know, like it's the it's the best reactions that you can get from an audience is like gasps and like screams and then laughs and it's just the most vocal you can get a crowd and we love that like watching the movie last night at USC just hearing people like Malin I don't want to spoil it. The opening scene in the movies is this like graphic murder and to introduce the film and say, Hey, it's a comedy, enjoy it. And then leave. And then immediately there's this like graphic violence. That's like worse than a Dario Argento movie. Um, it, it's so fulfilling to hear people gasp and like really be frightened. Um, Yeah. I think, I think we'll probably be doing that for at least half of our career for sure. Yeah.
5: I think it's impossible. We always start writing something and like the bones of it are very serious and dramatic and very high stakes, but then like we can't get to the end of page one without writing some ridiculous joke. (laughs) It's like writing something funny. It's just kind of in our DNA, but, but I don't know. I, I, I like that. I think that's what audiences respond to. So definitely probably keep, keep going that way.
3: Awesome. And Jim, maybe, uh, Maybe David will put you in
0: the Exorcist trilogy next. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's it. right. That's yeah. right. He's doing. He's doing really? stuff. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And actually, um, I can't speak wow. to that, but one of one of the actors in the beta test is uh, is up for a part in that, and was like, "Hey, no could you could you text David?" I uh, said, "Maybe I will." Oh no shit! I, will. I didn't know that. Okay. What's in it for me? I didn't even know he was making this movie. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: that's awesome.
3: Yeah. Very cool. All right. Well, hey, guys, it was an absolute pleasure speaking to uh, both of you today. Uh, where can our listeners uh, keep up in touch with you guys uh, for the beta test and for anywhere else? Uh,
0: websites, social medias to keep um, up with you guys. I'm Jimmy C. That's me on all the platforms. Twitter is probably the most active thing I'm on. And then PJ is cool and happy one. And one is a number. Um, so, yeah, that'd probably be the best place to get in touch with us.
3: Perfect, guys. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure talking to you both.
0: It was my pleasure.
3: Thank awesome, you for
0: man. having us. Right. Thank you so much. All right. See you. Take
1: Whooped him, didn't we? <laughs>
4: yeah. Island. That's so cute. What island? <laughs> any island. Where are you guys going? Straight up.
5: Yeah. Oh.
4: oh.
1: <laughs>
5: hey, you got uh, any cigarettes?
4: I-, I love the cigarette gag, on this like. Love